Hey guys, Mark here again. Welcome back to another episode of CD of Media. I'm here with my guest today, Nicole. Hi. Pleasure to have you around again. Pleasure we to just, be here. Uh, <laughs> we just finished eating, and I I thought it was okay, but she said it was she said it was nice. Oh, it was beyond okay. It's definitely good, at least. I will take that and run with that. The silver roll, you take what you can get, like <laughs> wholeheartedly. Um, <laughs> so, Nicole and I. Uh, we we don't really go way back. We go back like maybe a little bit over a year. Over a year for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I actually so I met her. I was visiting a friend at my at his old job, and she was working. Well, no, he he still works there. She used to work there. And uh, yeah, I was just, just like yeah, like yo, this chick over here is kind of cute. Like what's up? <laughs> and he was just like oh yeah, like you know that's that's Nicole. Like just you know just talk to her. She'll probably be a do. Oh, yeah, looking cute while working in, like, a, a fast food kitchen, pretty much. And I was just like, all right, cool. So, like, she came over, brought me my food, and I was just like, like, hey, what's up? And, like, try to hit her a little bit, and she kind of just, like, shut me down immediately, and I was like, ah, cool. I was too busy in work mode. You yeah, know, she walked away, and then, like, my, my friend just kind of looked at me like, looks like you fucked up. I'm like, yeah, looks like I did. <laughs> Didn't see her for a while, and then she popped in my job a few times. I was just like... Oh, hey, what do you want? All right, cool. I wasn't being petty. I promise I wasn't being petty. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I was you just like, oh, hey, hey. But, yeah, after a while, we became friends, uh, probably around, like, November, December. Mm -hmm. And then uh, now she's in my kitchen, and I'm making her meals. We're not even <laughs> married. We're not even married. We're, we're having talks about future kids, but that's I would it. say we have the names picked out, but... Yeah, well, we have the name picked out. Right, only I, one. I think, I, I think Aubrey is another really nice name. I could go for that, boy or girl. That's what I'm saying. I like gender ambiguous names. Oh, perfect. Aubrey's good. That's how it's <laughs> going. <clears throat> so, on today's episode, uh, one thing we talked about, as far as, like, what the topic's going to be, I thought the idea of just, like, it's just, she and I are both, like, just in a mood right now. We're not seeing anybody. So, it's just, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> especially now with, like, you know, this, this episode was filmed during quarantine and everything. It's, like, you know, with coronavirus and stuff going on, it's, like, Dating is a lot harder than it used to be because one of the, you know, it's it's hard to tell a lot of times if someone's a racist. It's hard to tell a lot of times, you know, like, yeah, it's hard to tell a lot of times, like, you know, if someone is, like, a serial killer, but you can definitely tell a lot about someone's values on whether or not they want to wear a mask. Oh, know? definitely. So. I'm, I feel like I've met most men either at my jobs or at a bar, and I don't have either of those to go to right now, so... <laughs> Well, I mean, what's, uh, you're still working right now. You said you work, uh, we talked earlier, you said you're working, like, two days a week. Like, how's right. that, how's that working out? Well, so I'm at a hotel bar, mm -hmm. and, uh, tourism isn't very big right now. Our hotel's at, like, 15% occupancy. I would occupancy. hope, I would, I would hope it wasn't. Right, I would hope so, too, <laughs> but still, there's people coming from all over. But no, like, 15% occupancy, so I'm used to, like... Working overnights in a 24-hour bar, going into my shift at 7 p.m., working till 5 in the morning, having a good time. Now I start my day at 2 p.m. and leave by, like, 8 p.m. and see no other humans. I literally just work my... Oh, it's, it's so awful. I have to, like, convince people to take crazy cocktails so that I hope they get drunk enough to hang out with me for longer. Even though it's to go only, I'm like, maybe they'll come back to me because they'll be like, hey, that girl hooked me up with a $7 drink that was three ounces of liquor. It doesn't always work out. I would imagine. 
I've made like one friend, but she's been in the hotel for a month now, so how could I not make friends with her at this point? Is it like business or is it just like... No, her son actually works at a bar on Bourbon Street, so she's visiting him from out of state. Oh. Yeah, it's a, so sweet. She's curious. Yeah, yeah. Okay. For like a month. Over a month now. Okay. Some like Norman, Norma Bates type shit, it sounds like. I mean, she's sleeping in her own hotel room, not in the bed with him, so I guess it's not that level of Epidus complex going on here. And also, like, you're on there for six hours, you don't know what the fuck is happening past that point. You're right. You know? And it's like, is she really gonna tell you what's happening? Probably Mm, not. Probably not. Yeah. I love the narrative that we're building around this. This is very (laughs) exciting. It's like too much. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, like I said, I watch movies, I know. I, I write. I'm cultured, you know? I can definitely... Have you seen, like, the Reddit thread about the guy who, like, broke both of his arms so his mom started jacking him off to reduce the stress in his life? That sounds amazing. <laughs> I mean, look, no, wait, wait, pause. Pause, ellipses. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying for me. I'm just saying. The thread was The amazing. idea yes. of it just sounds hilarious. It goes down in history for sure. Okay. Fuck, you have to send that to me at some point. That sounds awesome. Oh, definitely. I'll, okay. I'll keep it on all the details. I mean, like, I know, like, for, for me, like, uh, bartending was, like, a really, it was a decent way of, like, meeting people and stuff. Like, I've got a couple phone numbers. Like, I went out with a couple people right, and stuff. And it's like I feel like more so working on a popular street bar where you have a lot of service industry workers that go into it yeah. and are locals, you're going to meet people more so than me being at a hotel bar not far from Bourbon Street, which is, like, high on tourism, hotel high on tourism. So I'm meeting people who are, like, here for the week, <laughs> down for a, what is it, uh, here for a good time, not for a long time. Jesus fucking Christ, I see that on Tinder all the time and it pisses me the fuck Right, off. so I'll get these people who are like, oh, in New Orleans for the week, and I'll like get to know them pretty well because they're staying in the hotel, they're coming to my bar at the end of the night every night, like even if you're a hard partier, you're probably back by 5am to your hotel room, so I'll see them. At some point during my shift. I was say, I've been out in, like, three-day benders. I mean, it's like... Yeah, but we're, we're like, from here. Like, not even from here, but, like, we're here long enough to, like, we have that energy. That NOLA energy where you can, like, go out until sunrise. But these are people who are, like, from Alabama or, like, I don't know, other countries that are just coming in. I love that. You're just like, yeah, like, we're a little bitches from Alabama. Well, not only that, but it's like, (laughs) I always warn people. I'm like, look, I know you're used to going out and having X amount of drinks, but you have to realize that... We pour really heavy shots, and yep. we'll, like, buy you a drink on the house, and we're more lenient, and we have 24-hour bars, so you'll be t- way heavier into drinks than you realize, and way more fucked up than it's you realize. Way more than fair. yeah. But yeah, I'm just used I'm to... Definitely, I've definitely almost killed people. It's great. No, it's definitely same, but I, like, know when to call the limit, and being in a hotel, I'm just like, hey, go up to your room, Bob, like, get out of here. <laughs> but getting people who I know are only going to be here for the week, it's like, yeah, I'll meet people... But I already know it's just a temporary interaction, and it's not going to have a deep meaning. And sure, maybe they'll want it to be like, hey, come into my hotel room. But I'll be like, no thanks, you're not worth me losing my job over. And you definitely don't want to come to my fucking shitty-ass apartment with all my pets. What's what's the policy with, like, sleeping with guests at your job? I mean, if we got caught, we'd be fucked over. But the shift I would work, there was no managers on staff. There was no, you know... There was nothing. It was just me and the night auditor. And the night auditor is like this person who sits in a office running paperwork all night. So I was the only person out on the floor talking to people. But it's still like I never had the interest to like have a one night stand in a hotel room with a random guest that I would never see again. 
I'd rather have a one night stand with a random bar person that I might accidentally run into in another bar in the next month, you know? I feel that. Like, especially because, like, I know, like, for me, like, I've worked at a couple of, like, higher-end places, mm-hmm. and the thought of, you know, like, someone popping in, like, definitely crossed my mind. It's like, I mean, especially, like, you know, the uh, idea of, like, I'm never going to see this person again. So it's like, yeah, but it's like... It's not, it's not about whether or not you're going to see them again, it's whether or not someone is going to see you seeing them, and it's just like, well... No, I feel that too, and I think also just being, like, a small, fragile, little woman, it's, like, a different approach that men will be, like, so fucking lewd with me, and I'm, I'm just like, do you really think this is how you win me over, by telling me these disgusting things? I mean, like, when I, I worked... I thought honesty was the best policy. I worked at a high-end hotel bar when I was living in Oklahoma City, and the get, things that guess what approached me with to try to win me over. I mean, I had a guy tell me I had a nice pelvis one time. That's a... What it, the fuck? My pelvis was not out, by the way, for the record. I was wearing a very modest black cocktail dress at a high-end historic hotel, were you, like, I, leaning back, and this guy was just like, yo, but, like... I will say that his chair was low to the ground, and I was standing, so maybe he was relatively at crotch level, but... Yeah, I don't think I was flaunting it in any way. And then... So uh, odd. We had these group of guys that would give out little pins that you could put on to... You know, like, a, it was a little Roadrunner pin, not to get too into detail. Oh, pin, okay. But... One of them was asking me how many piercings I had because I had a lot of visible piercings and like being in a high-end hotel, I guess you don't normally see your cocktail waitress having like purple hair and multiple piercings. That's true, yeah. I know a lot of places like the whole thing is like natural color hair. Oh yeah, and I was like, it kind of looks brown in the dark, so it won't matter. (laughs) And so I mentioned like how many piercings I had and he's like, well, I see this many in your visible area. How many do you have that are not visible? And I was like, oh, well blah 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 and my nipples are pierced I don't think I said nipples but either is like you know piercings here and this guy offered me X amount of money to send him a picture of one of those pins through my nipple piercing and I was like what haha no thanks and another guy from the same group I simply complimented his nice watch I was like wow it's a really beautiful watch you know I can tell it's worth a lot of money it's it's a gorgeous watch and again offered to give me said watch for some kind of performance and I was like do you really think I'm, like, that easy that you could just be like, oh, yeah, I'll give you this watch or I'll give you X amount of money for this thing that can cost you your whole job and your livelihood, but... I think a lot of that has to, like, so, uh, for anyone, like, who actually listens regularly to the podcast, like, you know, um, I had a conversation a a little while ago with uh, my my friend Venom, and... (laughs) We, one of the, like, part of the conversation we had was, like, you know, she went through, like, a really intense relationship and stuff where, like, the guy would be very abusive, very emotionally and physically to her. And it's, like, mm-hmm. one thing we talked about was just, like, you know, people like that, like, they don't see you as a person. They see you as an object. That's and definitely true. Definitely, like, with this stuff going on, like, it definitely seems like these guys, like, definitely, like, don't see you as another person. They're just like, I oh, think- like, this is a piece of property I can buy. So it's, like... And, and that, that, that's, that's where the whole, like, you know, numerical value comes in. It's like, what if I give this watch that's worth this? Or what if I toss you this amount of money? It's like, but the amount of money was so low that I was like, do you know how much I'm making an hour here with tips? Because, again, it was a high-end bar. We would have so many regulars who were lawyers who worked in law offices in the area who, for Christmas, would give us $100 each. And then for New Year's, give us $100 each. Add that to every holiday. And that was not a tip. That was just a gift on top of what they were already tipping. So I was making really good money there and it's like you're gonna offer me this not even 
Like, I'll send you a foot pick for that amount of money, not my fucking nipples or fuck you for that amount of money. But I think that it's not just a submissive thing that gets that, you know, oh, you're just an object. I feel like being a male bartender, that you're sought after as having that power dynamic that you are the dom. Like, I can say when I'm cutting you off, I'm serving you. I'm behind this wall, and I am, you know, the master here, so to say. I feel like people have that attraction to bartenders. Like, you can find an ugly bartender, and he's getting laid way more than some, like, sexy teacher is. So, like, okay, so my my only, like, counter thing to that was, like, you know, I've worked a couple, like, events and stuff like that, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I I definitely lost a lot more weight than, like, I used to. uh, Right. Like, I used to have, like, I'm more, like, in, like, I'm probably around the, like, 178 to, like, 180 range, but it's, like, you know, a lot of times, like, when I had these, like, higher-end jobs, mm-hmm. I was definitely, like, more, like, 200 to, like, 190 range, so I definitely had a little bit more weight on me. It was a little bit noticeable, but, um, yeah, like, there were a certain, you know, amount of attention I would get because it's just, like, oh, like, if I just, like, put on this weight, if I seem more attractive, or I seem like I want this person, like, you know, just doing it for, like, just, a free like, drink. Yeah, it's just, yeah, be... like, the whole thing like that, but it's, like, <laughs> I definitely had a lot of other moments and stuff like that where it's like, you know, I'll be having fun, like, when I worked at the dive bar, like, my last job that, you know, you and I met at. Right. It's like, you know, there were people that, like, would kind of flirt with me and hit on me and stuff like that, and, like, yeah, like, we'd bake out and stuff like that, but, like, I definitely had other instances where it's like, I cut someone off because, like, they were noticeably very drunk and they were, like, knocking stuff over. Right. And, like, their friends and stuff were a lot more drunk, like, oh, like, you know, I'm gonna make this round of shots and stuff like that, and, like, the drunk friend would be like, what about me? And there was this one instance where, I, <laughs> no, there, like, there was this one instance where I asked, like, you know, the guy who was paying for everything, and it just happened to be a male and stuff like that. And I was like, I was like, oh, like, you know, do you think she's okay to like have a drink, or whatever? And she's came up to me and was like, oh, what? Because like I'm a woman and he's a man that I need his permission. I'm like, no, it's not that. I don't he's, think people he's, realize he's, he's paying for everything, and not only that, he knows you better because you guys work together. Right. I don't I think like, also. I'm not trying to come off as offensive or anything like that. I'm like throw my dick in your face like that's not what I'm doing right now but Mark I don't think that people don't realize that as a bartender you're responsible for your guests and that if you overserve someone you can lose your license you can be fined that if they like get into a wreck drinking and driving and kill someone that you can be charged with manslaughter as in addition to them and it's I don't think people realize that it's not worth risking your job over I had this one lady come to my bar and she was slurring her words but again hotel bar I can send up send her up to her room whenever mm-hmm. she orders a hurricane which for those of you who don't know already has a fuck ton of booze a fuck ton of booze in it already so i was like okay i'll serve you a hurricane so i make her one put it down she tries to order a shot before she's even gotten a third of the way through a drink and i said very calmly to her hey that's already more than two drinks worth of liquor i'm gonna have to see how you react to that before i give you a shot because you're already seeming a little drunk to me well, she's like, I haven't even drank anything today. And I'm like, dude, it's like 7 p.m. And you're <laughs> slurring your words. You've definitely had something to drink today. And you're on vacation and you're in New Orleans. Like, you've definitely had something to drink today. Yeah. No, I'm not going to serve you. And, again, that's because, for me, it wasn't worth me losing my job. It wasn't worth me getting fined. It wasn't worth any kind of issues that I could face on my side. Like, you want to write a bad review about me and say, fuck this bartender? Good. That's not even going to affect me. Me and my boss will laugh about it later. But if I overserve you and you get hurt, not only will I have the guilty conscience, but I can lose out on any future revenue by losing my bartending license and 
And yeah, and it's like most most fines, bare minimum, start normally around between two fifty to three hundred dollars. Yeah, if not more. If you do yeah. something serious, you're Depen- talking yeah, yeah, about tens of thousands of yeah. dollars, and, and it's like no, no that's you. definitely that's definitely not. No, absolutely not. Right. And, <laughs> I'm not fucking doing that. But but also, it's just like I feel like it's a lot easier for like someone like you who like clearly is female and someone like me like even though like I don't necessarily identify as male it's like a lot of people see me because I have a beard and everything and stuff like that and sometimes definitely I'll put my chest hair out there (laughs) you know you gotta let the babies free right you know people are just like oh yeah this is a dude I definitely know how I can like take advantage of the situation like fuck this person over or make me seem like I'm the antagonist of the situation and it's super fucking frustrating because it's like you know if you and I worked the same shift at a place like that it definitely would have been a, a very different way if I shut somebody down whether you shut somebody down. I agree with that, but and also... Like, like, it's, it's, it's super annoying to, like, because I have a penis, like, sexism has to be a part of, like, the discussion. But it's annoying on both ends, because being a female bartender with years of experience in bars, I had this uh, shift lead. I work at a hotel again, so he was not a shift lead of the bar. He was a shift lead of the hotel. Yeah. He couldn't even make you a margarita. One time, I, like, smelled a, a shaker that he used, and I was like, this has tequila in it, but it's red. What did you make? And he was like, oh, yeah, I made a margarita, but I accidentally put grenadine in it. It's like, cool. So, like, that level of <laughs> ignorance when it came to bar. Cherry margarita. Well, I had a guy try to order a drink from him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the male there is a bartender, not the cute little girl, right? And I was like, hey, yes, yeah, sir, I'll make that for you. What's your preference on? Like, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. asking him questions. Again, only contacting, like, only having conversation with the male there. And even when I went to close him out, handed his money over to my male shift lead. Even though I made the drink, asked him all the details, made the cocktail for him, handed it directly to him. And it's like, you're going to look at me like I can't do shit because I'm a woman. So I feel like it goes on both sides of things. And also, I'm sure you know that, like, I have a certain amount of androgyny to me outside of work but when I would go to work I felt like I'll do better if I style my hair and put on makeup and wear yoga pants as opposed to cargo pants and show off my fucking ass then I'll make more tips. For anyone that doesn't know what Nicole looks like uh, just think Neil Diamond but with boobs. It's it's marvelous. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I have a, a sharp mullet, a strong jawline and a large nose but my ass looks great so... I can attest to that, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, playing around with makeup and styling my hair and putting on an outfit that showed off my figure more so than wearing, you know, an oversized shirt and cargo pants, I would feel like I made more money, but I'd also get more of those lewd comments and, you know, yeah. more guests inviting me up to their hotel room, which I was uncomfortable with. Yeah, it's definitely an uncomfortable situation. I would play it up every once in a while, too, though. I had this one guy who offered me some money to slap him across the face. And I was like, (laughs) you know what? Fuck yeah, but I need you saying in a full sentence, I want you to slap me across the face so that I know... Also, can I record this and get this on video? Yeah, so I I need your consent, your full consent. But no, I have no one there that says, you can't do that, so fuck yeah. I'm like slapping him and he pays me the money and I am happy to go home with a little bit extra money that night. And not even doing any extra work, because hell yeah, I will slap anyone for a dollar. It was more than a dollar, though. I was hoping it was more than a dollar. It was way more than yeah. a dollar. I, like, you know, kind of like you said way earlier on in the in the conversation, it's just like, yeah, it's not worth me losing my job. I would imagine a dollar is not worth you losing your job over. No, and I wouldn't lose my job over that. Um, I was very close. Like, the reason I moved up in my job and that I got what I did, I'm 
a bar lead at my job. The reason I was able to move up was because my boss knew that I was hardworking and that I was willing to do the things that other people weren't willing to do. So my mistakes That's how you always come up? Yeah, it's like if I did something bad, it was viewed differently than if a fuck-up did something bad. It's like, hey, Nicole, maybe you shouldn't do this next time. Hey, we got this bad review where you curse someone out. Maybe next time go, you know, chill out in the back for a second and then come out and approach it. I'm like, okay, I'll try. But as a bartender, I'm sure you know this too, that you kind of have to have that certain, like, aggression to you because you can't fuck around with it like there oh, no. are times when you have to aggressively you have so much out. life in your hands oh you do and even if it's not like i had a guy who kept on lighting cigarettes in my bar one night and i tipped him multiple times hey in our full city anywhere that serves food or drinks you cannot smoke cigarettes in the bar you cannot vape in the bar like you cannot do this so finally one time he's like again drunk you know slurring his words has a cigarette in his mouth and he's like well where do you want me to put it out and i was like dude you can put it out on your throat for all i care and he rolls his eyes at me so i snatch it right out of his hand put it out on a napkin that's in front of him and throw it in my trash can immediately take out the trash so i don't have like nicotine smell radiating through the other bar yeah i'm just like why do I have to have that level of aggression, though? Why can't I just be like, hi, can you please not do that? And then... I don't know. This is post 9 of America. You can't smoke <laughs> anywhere anymore. No. You know, there's no ashtrays and smoking and hospitals or airplanes anymore. Let's get angry about that. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I... No, it's like... And, like, the last, like, kind of, like, more upscale place I worked at, too, it's like, you know, we, we worked... Uh, our bar was, like, a full, like, on, like square so it's mm-hmm. like we're in the middle and everything that's how ours is too yeah, yeah. and uh we had these like buckets set up like every two or three seats and mm-hmm. it's like that's where we put the tab it's where you put your money your car whatever and that's where we pick it up right and we had a lot of people who were like oh like is this an ashtray and we're like no this is not an ashtray also please don't smoke here <laughs> yeah it's just like i get it i get it like our restaurant is like very like 1940s theme like that's totally cool i get it but also that law is only a a few years well more than a few now but like my for for this city at least my first job in in the city right when i started working at a high-end hotel bar here Mm -hmm. years ago that was right when the laws were changing over and the amount of people that i had to tell like look we're a high service industry city a lot of us work in this. We're working 40 hours a week in closed, confined buildings. If you ex- expect us to breathe in secondhand smoke 40 hours a week and not have some kind of complaints, it's like we're just trying to protect our workers. Oh, no, like, even then, like, it's only been, like, 30 or 40 years that, like, the drinking age was moved from 18 to 21. Oh, yeah. It's, so it's, it's uh, like, 95, I believe, that we changed it over and still Yeah, here. so even then, it's, like, 25 years. So it's, like, less right. than 30 years ago. And you can still, if you're with your spouse or with your parents... And you're underage, and they give you permission to drink, and they buy the alcohol, and you as a parent or spouse are the ones that hand it over to the underage person. Yeah, no, that, that was something I had to explain You to, can still serve it. That and was something I had to explain to Your brand before. might not allow it if you work for a large corporation, but if you're at a dive bar or a restaurant, especially restaurants, yeah, mm-hmm. underage people can still drink here. Yep. Gotta love Louisiana. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's... A lot of that also has to do with, I feel like, just the culture of the city, or it's, like, the idea of what the culture is. No, I agree. I, I tell people, you know, I had my first coffee in a sippy cup, and I had my first beer in middle school, and it wasn't necessarily, like, that we're relaxed or chilling. It's just such a family environment that, you know, 
I grew up fishing and hunting with my dad and he was having some beers on the boat and he could tell that like you know this is a better environment for you to have your first beer versus like going out to a party and trying you know vodka and cocaine for the first time when you're 16 years old like let's ease him into it like like, yeah my my i had my first beer when i was probably like three or four years old a sip Uh, or a whole beer though i had a whole beer oh my goodness i mean a whole uh, for me in my mind it was like a whole beer but i probably i probably may have maybe have had like two or three sips i remember my first bud light lime yeah oh (laughs) mine mine was a uh tecate because like you know my dad is like hispanic so it's like you know we would like grill and stuff on the weekends go to the park and stuff like that my uncle was like ah i was curious my uncle was like ah let him you know let let him him try it i was like all right cool and i was like and you like it? And, and I was, and you just no, I hated it. I hated it. But I was, you had to finish it off no, to be no. a man. Like, what was that? <laughs> like, no, like basically, my dad gave me like the last bit of his beer, and I was just like, I was like, no, it tastes like shit. And my dad was like, good. <laughs> like, I don't have to worry about this. It's like when uh, parents catch their kids smoking, and they're like, not have to smoke, smoke a whole pack. <laughs> yeah, like, just finish it all off till you throw up, because then you'll hate it. No, like. And that's the funny thing is like I, I tried drink it like so like I had my first beer with my dad. I had my first bit of liquor with my mom. Right. Uh, she was drinking. Um, Fuck, what was it? It was a uh, Seagram's gin. Yeah. With some orange juice. Start off in and gin. Like, I love that. Yeah, and I tried it and I was like, oh, this is gross. She's like, good, so you're never going to try it again. I, I try to like, get everyone on gin because so many people think gin is gross. I'm like, no, let me Dude, make you a classic cocktail. Sis, Sis Smith. Uh, Hendrix is another one of my favorite beef eaters. Have really you had the Queen in the Violent Fog? I think it's wonderful. It's Wiz Khalifa's gin, if you haven't tried it. No. It makes a great break uh, 75. Okay, the only celebrity one I had was like Aviation, the Ryan Reynolds one. Oh, Aviation's great too. It's so smooth. It it's is. So, it's so lovely. But yeah, I also, to we're not sponsored, gin. we're just talking about alcohol right now. So, But I mean, Ryan. Sorry, two bartenders. No, 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 Ryan, if you ever want to like hop in on this, it'd be great. You know, very grassroots. We'd love the attention. So. Um, and the original <laughs> plan wasn't even to talk about alcohol, but here we go. We can go. talk about alcohol. Like, oh, I mean, we can talk about we everything. Still, we still have another, like, 40 minutes left in the first half of the section, so we can You're talk right. about whatever. Yeah. We'll eventually transition over to dating. It's fine. That can point. be the next, that can be the second half. We're having, <laughs> we're having a great time, and people come here for the conversation. The topics are always well, Would you say that you had, like, a strict upbringing or a more relaxed one? Very, very, uh, I don't know. It's very strange. Okay, so a lot of it's because, like, so my parents got separated very young. Mm-hmm. My dad was a cheating asshole, and my mom was very <laughs> traditional. Uh, you know. It's usual. The story of Boy Meets Girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I definitely lived in a place where both my parents cared about me their own way. They both cared mm-hmm. as much as they could. Right. And their whole thing was just, like, my mom coming from, you know, a very strong black family my dad coming from you know a strong hispanic family like both cultures are very rich in this ideal of family-based community and stuff they are indeed you know our my our whole thing was but both do tend to have like a certain amount of strictness too for raising children oh no no both 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 are very hyper masculine i was gonna say sorry to sound uh racist as like a basic white chick here but like both are very hyper masculine communities both you hear rumors too around are like you know prejudices where it's like oh throwing the sand doubles or spanking is more prominent in both of those cultures and it's like and a lot of it also has to do with just the fact that like they're both seen as very like not necessarily barbaric, but a little bit more lesser than, like, I would, say, I would never household. say barbaric, but I would say, like, high energy or, like, where it's, like, 
you know, if you have, like, the angry black woman trope, and it's like, oh, but what is an angry white woman? It's just a Karen, but an angry, angry well, no, black and, woman and, is just a... Well, no, and, that, and that's, that's what I'm saying. It's just, like, you know, when you go towards, like, the idea of a more, like, the world is very Eurocentric, kind of, in a sense, where it's, like, it is, you know... indeed, yes. Uh, and that's, like, you know, I was talking in a conversation with, with one of my friends that moved to Portland recently, it was just, like, you know... You don't hear people saying, like, European-American or, like, Australian-American or Irish-American. No, it's hear, just like, African-American, African Hispanic, you know, Mexican-American stuff like that. And not like, a lot Hispanic of Hispanic is, like, an ethnicity, not even a race. So yeah. it's, like, when they're filling out a form, they have to choose black or white if they're Afro-Latino, if they're white-Latino. Yeah. And then a whole separate section where it's, like, but are you Hispanic? And it's, like, why are you othering us even more well, no, at and this that's, point? And that's, and, that's, and that's kind of like, you know, the point that I was going to go into is just like, you know, there's this whole idea that like, you know, everything's very like, for like lack of a better point, Eurocentric. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, the white man tells the narrative of everything. So it's exactly, like, you know, yeah. they're seen as cultured and everyone else is, you know, the reason why they conquer other cultures mm-hmm. and stuff is it's like they're seen as more, you know, underdeveloped or like I said, you know, for lack of a better word, barbaric, but it's, like, not necessarily, And I think like, there are so many you know, misinformed white people who are, like, oh, but, you know, slavery ended however long ago, or interracial marriage was legal however long ago, and they think it's not a present issue. But I'll tell you, even small things, I worked in the makeup industry for a while. I worked at Sephora. Yeah. And we'd have brand deals where it's, like, for one week in it, we'd have these three looks that we'd do with whatever brand. And there were certain brands that wouldn't go darker than, like, me being tanned and I'll tell you I'm like I've got a little Spanish in my family but I don't get dark at all I am a white ass bitch and if your shade only goes that dark and I have people who are African American or deep Latinos or even just someone who has a summer tan it's crazy crazy how easy it is to say African American rather than just to say like anything else I feel like, so I was, I grew up in a very white community. Yeah. When I, so when I was very young, under five, I grew up in a, a culture that was more mixed. But at five, my mom pressed my dad to move to a more, uh, I'm going to say it straight up, a white out town, a town where we were 99.97% white. <laughs> I didn't have any colored people in any sense, people of color in my school. I didn't have people in those classes. I didn't know what it even was, except for my memories of age five going to a half black, half white, you know, mixed school. So for me, it's like I grew up so white that I didn't even realize what the issues were because I, I grew up not even knowing they existed. And those prejudices that were ingrained into me, I fought past, but you have so many people that are like, oh, this is just how I was raised. Yeah. But why not want to better that and why not want to, you know, get past what you were raised with? And you, you're right. It is such a Eurocentric world where you're like everyone, you know, you look at an ad, it's going to be targeted towards the norm. But for some reason, the norm here is white, even though oh, even, even when in you South look at Louisiana, it. we're highly mixed compared to yeah. a lot of other states, you know? Oh, no, it's like it... it it comes to something so basic where it's like when you when you think about band-aids you know you got your hello kitty band-aids your like marvel band-aids and stuff right. and you have like plain or like flesh band-aids but it's like you know i'm 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 very brown i'm not necessarily yeah. black but it's like you know especially like when i get sunburned like my native america comes out more i become very like maroon like right, red, red and stuff like that yeah. it's like Chocolate. you know <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like you know i'm just like you know i look at a band-aid it's like you know natural or like flesh and i'm like i don't 
Mosque doesn't fucking look like right, that. Right, a pair of nude tights or a pair of nude underwear. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can get black tights really easily, but are you going to get 50 different shades of brown in underwear? No, you're going to have these yeah. <laughs> peach these peach ass <laughs> panties and then black and white panties. And that, no, <laughs> and that's and that's funny cuz it's like it's it's something that's so ingrained into our culture now at this point where it's like we don't necessarily think twice about it anymore until you actually bring it up in a conversation. We're like, wait, no, that is really fucking But weird. that's what I was going to say. Like, growing up in such a heavily white culture, we didn't even know, like, what was the proper way to not be racist, as weird as that is to say. Yeah. And I was taught in elementary school that saying black was racist. You have to say African-American. But as I've grown up, I've realized, like, that's fucking bullshit. And, like, I even see white people that are afraid to refer to someone as black. And when I worked at the restaurant that you met me at, sometimes we would just, like, type the names in for the receipts, and you would go and call out the names. Like, let's say, you know, Joe orders their food. You'd walk around the restaurant saying, Joe, Joe. Joe's not responding for whatever reason. He's distracted by something. They would come back to me who took Joe's order and be like, hey, describe Joe. (laughs) If I say, oh, he's a six-foot black man who is wearing a blue shirt, some people were afraid to even say that because we grew up being afraid to bring race into things are people who are like, oh, well, I don't see color. And it's like, no. I don't think a lot of people realize, like, how racist that is to You say. definitely see like, color. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that because you have to recognize the differences that a black man has grown up completely differently oh, yeah. than a white female has. I uh, recently had a cat that escaped, I escaped from my apartment when I was leaving. And I told my aunt, I was like, look, you have to understand white privilege doesn't mean I grew up rich having everything handed to me. It means that at 3 a.m. I was able to go through my neighborhood, bending over, looking under people's houses with a flashlight, looking under people's cars with a flashlight, and not one person approached me and think I was up to no good while I was looking for my cat who got out of my apartment. But if you see a black man doing the same thing, creeping around a neighborhood where he's unknown, looking under people's houses, looking under people's cars, it's going to be approached in a different way. That's what white privilege is. Absolutely. Like, I had an issue um, before that people listening in know about where I was the most sober person in my friend group at the time, and I Mm -hmm. went over, I was in Mid-City, I went to Buzz Broilers, get get us some food, and I was biking back, and my phone died, and I was lost, and I got approached by a cop car because, and as the officer told me, it was just like, you know, uh, we got suspicions of, like, you know, a person being very like you know stinky around there and stuff like that and i was just because like, you're going slowly and trying to find yeah, your I was way like, dude, i don't know where the fuck i am dude like threw me on like the hood of his car and stuff and like because he noticed i wasn't a threat like clearly like i'm a little intoxicated but it's like i'm speaking coherently i'm speaking you know and you're very, not a very threatening man in general yeah. like not in a harsh way just like you're not someone who's like walking so, around screaming being threatening you're just like well, a so guy. also like you know a lot of it has to do with the fact that like you know as other people have pointed out, like, I don't have a black scent. Yeah. Like, I speak very white for the lack of color, you know, kind of thing for it, but it's like, you know, I... Which, why does that trope even exist, where it's like, oh, you talk white? I don't know. <laughs> it's just, and like I said, it's it's just the idea of everything being so just kind of, like, eurosyncratic, where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, White is the norm, and anything beyond that is not the norm, so if you exactly. were being normal, you're being white, which is stupid you know I had a guy in the bar tell me a guy called me skinny first of all and another guy who's a local native to New Orleans 
stood up for me. I was like, oh, no, she's not skinny. She's built like a typical New Orleans white girl, got no tits and a huge ass. And I was like, <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, I don't know, but it's kind of cute, though. And it's accurate, right? Yeah. Like, but it's like we, we identify these certain features to certain people. And I, I'm sure as a mixed person or like have seen struggles through mixed people where it's like you don't belong to either culture or either group. Yeah, and no, you're definitely. seen as not being black enough, not white enough, not, you know, native enough, not Asian enough, whatever the, you know, ethnicity may be, that you have this one feature that makes you not belong to this group, but you have this culture, this action, this feature that makes you not belong to that group either, and it's like... I don't know, I was, in growing up, I was beat up by black kids for never being black enough, and I was also beat up by white kids for trying too hard to, like, not be black or be like them, so, like, it was... What about, uh, how do you feel about uh, where you grew up or, like, in high school, younger ages? Because, of course, it becomes more and more accepting as you get older, but interracial relationships. Because when I was in high school, even though, again, my high school, so, again, I went to a primary elementary school, middle school that was heavily white, but my parish, county, only had one high school, so all of the towns in the whole parish would go to one high school. So our high school was more... um, multicultural than what my earlier years were but if you dated someone outside of your race or your culture it was frowned upon not only by older figures parents grandparents but by people who are your age it's like there was the white girls who dated black girls and then there were the white girls yeah so do you feel like the same happened to you where like people yeah so so like for for me like i grew up never really a part of like the black community right i was way more accepted in like you know my hispanic side like you know from central america on my dad's side and everything so it's like and like you said being more of a brown man than a dark man yeah. you kind of just they're like yeah so fit in this culture <laughs> so it's like you know excuse my bro <laughs> yeah, like growing up like i most well like my grandfather like on my dad's side like you know he was born in central america and it's like he has an afro but it's also like right. a lot of like you know like guatemala uh, belize and Afro-Latino, stuff like that like yeah you know, that yeah they've got very strong african roots there mm-hmm. and so i like if you ever go to El salvador people there are a lot darker than the ones that like first gen- second generation right here, who are a lot more pale and stuff which is still blows my mind but um <laughs> No, so it's like, you know, I definitely had a lot more acceptance in one side of myself than the side. So it's like, I never dated black people. Like, I never dated black men or black women growing mm-hmm. up. I dated mostly Hispanic and, like, a couple, like, white people from here and there. But it's like... Right. The most was, like, my first kiss was to, like, a, you know, a black kid, uh, a black guy when I was, like, five or six. Right. And my first kiss was to a black girl when I was, like, seven-ish. Mm-hmm. But, like... No, like, outside of, like, just that, I never dated anyone that was black, really. Never any of that. Because, like, I definitely gravitated more towards the ones that kind of accept me, like, always where I was, rather than Because the you're part that of the group, me. and, yeah, and you yeah. related in the culture, too, since you were raised with, like... Yeah, and it's, like, even, even now, like, I'm 26, and it's just, like, I still... There's a lot more attraction now, but still then, like, I've still never dated a black girl or a black guy at any point in my life I it's think like it's very hard for me to really like kind of find like even now like when I'm swiping the tinder as right. fucked up as it sounds it's like if someone pops up and they're black my immediate thought is just like swipe left because I'm just like they're not gonna want me so it's like which is funny because I would think like since colorism is a huge thing not only raci- racism that like if you can pass as a light skinned black boy yeah would you not get like certain 
like from that. Well, no, and that's even in the black community, like the lighter you are, like you're seen as more sought after. And that's why right. a lot of times, like you know, the more like albinos of the group, where it's like you know, you, you hear you joke, you know, you hear a joke about like in rap songs and stuff and in movies and shit like that. But like it's very true to the culture. It's like the lighter skinned you are, the more attainable, you know, the more. And that's not just in black culture. That's in Asian culture. Yeah, that's in you know, well, and, like, in lot... anything but white culture. In well, white no, culture, no. We're like let's get tanned. But... No, no, and that, that's the funny thing. It's like it goes back to like that kind of Eurosyncratic thing where it's just like you know. The lighter you are, the more like you're right, seen because as you like have something like yeah to bring in racism to the to again. You have like your house slaves who are working indoors, who were quadroons, who were mixed children, who got these privileges, and then you have the the lighter ones that were being brought in, taught how to read, taught right, how to, like, and then you, you know. had the dark people working out in the fields who were getting darker, working out in the sun, yeah. and looked down upon. So colorism is going to exist in your own culture and outside of your culture, but. It's bullshit. It's all bullshit. Like, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's fucking stupid. But like I said, it's one of those things that I look back on. It's like, it's so ingrained to the culture now from like right. over, like at this point, it's like 500 years of just this normalization of like just what colorism is. And it's like, it's fucked up that like even now it's like people growing up, people being born in or being taught this thing to be very, very normal. But it's like it's hard to get rid of that when it's like you've got 500 years of something being ingrained into your entire community right and like people who claim the whole this is just how it was raised if we get better with each and every generation it's still going to take years and years and years if we're putting 20 years average between generations between each generation it's going to take a good 60 years before we see a change because we're each like oh my mom and dad taught me this way and I'm doing a little better but like this is how I was raised. And it's like, we'll raise their children better and they'll raise their children better, but it's still going to take... Yeah, it's going to take a long time. It's going to take a it long is. time and it's we're going to see other discriminancies like throughout the years, you know, you're... Oh no, you're definitely going to have like that opposition that fights forward. It's like, you know, just the whole Black Lives Matter thing. You have people saying that all lives matter, but it's like the people saying that all lives matter definitely don't understand the fact that like they're totally disregarding the fact that there are people that definitely want to believe that right but just their situation because the thing of where that they makes are because the, most, the system that's in place like definitely doesn't make that a reality the thing that makes me the most angry about the all lives matter movement it's mostly you want to call it that well not only that but i've seen a lot of again maybe just my family and the people that i have on facebook and other social media they'll bring up the whole Irish people were slaves too and the Irish went through this and like yeah no, like, yeah totally years ago but guess what your life isn't still affected by it no one's pulling over a white person and being like but do you have Irish heritage before I like put these cuffs on you that's not happening and the same with like Judaism like yes the original term of ghetto was from when Jews were brought in and caused to be segregated in these neighborhoods. And yeah, like, and no, like, the basic definition of a ghetto is just, like, you have a bunch of people on one set level of, like, heritage or race. Right, or that are forced like that. to live or, in yeah, some exactly. one area of the town or in the neighborhood. And that's why, they like, the word ghetto is, like, really, really bugs me. It's, like, it's become such an urbanized term where it's, like... It has, it's just, and it was originally like, about Jewish people, and it's, like... Which I do, I do understand that there are still certain like uh, prejudices against Jews, but again, not to the level of being a black person in America. Oh no, it's, it's only it's only the twelve families that own majority of the world's wealth. So it's like, yeah, whatever. your your prejudices that Jewish people are rich. Like, oh God forbid, someone thinks that I'm good with money and rich. Which again, I don't know the struggles because I'm I'm not Jewish. 
I am not black. I am not. I always wanted to be Jewish. The only so um, minority group that I belong to is being white and being part of the LGBT community. Community, you know, being bisexual, which is pretty much just viewed as non-existent by a lot of people. They're like, oh, if you're dating a man, you're straight. Oh no, trust me. Being someone who's pan, like I totally understand that. Right. Where everyone's just like, yeah, like, you know, oh, no. So it's like, that's not really a thing. You're just bisexual. I'm like, well, not really. Because, like, the idea of bisexuality, like, there are actually a lot of, like, the idea between bisexuality and pansexuality, like, there's actually a lot more, like, breakdown towards, like, I did, like, a whole project on it, like, in Oh, my mom thinks bisexuals don't exist. Like, you're either one or you're the other. So oh, no, no. It's, for me, like, I'm just being trendy. So, like, I get it. <laughs> like, I'm just a right. bi that's, like, trying to put a label on something. It's like, no, like... I will say, somehow the small town that I grew up in has a high percentage of lesbian women. And my mom, like, has made comments where I was like, oh, it must be something in the water. All these girls are like, all oh, these girls are getting rejected by men so they decide to turn to women. I'm like, no, I think that if someone's licking a pussy, that they must be at least slightly attracted to it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, if you're, if you're going down there between the thighs, like, you must want it. You must be attracted to it. It's not something you just fake for whatever reason you think that someone would fake their sexuality. Well, not even then when it comes to porn, where it's like, you know, you've got threesomes where it's always, like, a dude fucking, like, two girls, and the girls are always making out. You never, like, whenever there's a threesome with, like, two guys and a girl... They're never making out like that. Like that's considered like bisexual threesome. Well, even going like further that. than like, that, I I am very much into two guy threesomes, and I've had many men who have turned it down because oh no, I'm a straight man. I'm like, yeah, you don't have to fuck with the other guy. Just both of y'all fucking with me at once. Like I just like feeling very submissive and like yeah. two men take power of me, and that's why I like it. But the idea of having another naked man in the room is enough to turn them off and it's like we have this hyper masculinity where it's like you can't even compliment another man without it being gay and it's like and can no, we just be chill like, so like okay so building, building on that a little bit more so it's like you know I've, I've had a couple threesomes in my day and it's like most mm-hmm. of them have been like two dudes and like you know like me and another guy and like a girl and stuff like that but it's like you know I've got a lot of friends now they're just like oh yeah like you're like the only dude I'd be cool to like have a threesome with and stuff like that I'm like alright cool it's like I'm really into like DPs and stuff like that like are you cool with that it's like yeah but like you know I'm not I don't know really about this I'm like well, what if our balls touch? Like, that's a super common thing in a DP. It's like, our balls might slap around. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess it'd be cool that I'm just like, I mean, okay. Uh, I, think, I think you need to understand. It's just like, you know, I'm very comfortable with myself. I know what I'm about. We're really good friends. I wouldn't compromise that. And the fact that you... Or make would, you like, uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's like, you know, is key. Exactly. And I'm like, if you and I are good friends and you're willing to, like, fuck another person with me, that's cool and all. But, like, if this one thing that happens that will probably happen anyway, it's just like... Maybe we shouldn't do it in the first place. Like, I get that. Like, you feel like it's comfortable, but it's like you definitely dis- have something in yourself that you're still kind of pushing back. And I'm just right, like, but that's just... why it's good to discuss all the limits in the first place. Because yeah. maybe it is just like, no, we will literally only Eiffel Tower slash fit roast this bitch. Like, we are not gonna DP. We're not gonna, you know, getting even close to that. I had a. Three I'm not, I love. I love DPing. I think it's really great. I think it's great too. But it's again, so it's harder for me to get from two straight men. Like you being pansexual, you're more open. But like, yeah. I was having a threesome with two men one time, and I tried to move into the position, and one of them lost their erection immediately, and he was, like, the main guy that I was, like, with at the time, so I was like, oh, wait, you need to back off for a second so I can care of his needs, like, sorry, but this didn't yeah. work out, and I understand it, sexuality is some I, I understand it in a sense, but, like, calling back to, like, one time me and my best friend were in the backseat of my mom's car, 
and she started talking. I don't remember how the subject came up, came up, but we started talking about female and female attraction. And I was like, Mom, you're telling me you literally never masturbated to the side of a woman before. You've never kissed another woman before. And my mom was like, I would never, no, no. And then I like, turned to my best friend. I was like, you've never kissed a girl before, have you? And me and that friend had done more than kissed before. We had been yeah. intimate with each other before. And we were both just like, uh. I guess for me, just growing up, like, I, even when I was in a young age and first started, like, exploring my body and touching myself, I've always been attracted to both the female and male form. So it's like, I can understand someone being straight, but also I can't fully feel it to, like, that hard, strong line straight where it's like, oh, no, I can't even have someone of the same gender in the room. Oh, no, I can't even get off on this. Oh, I would never kiss someone of the same gender. It's just like, to me, it's wild because I've always been, from a young age, even growing up in Catholicism, have always been so open to both genders that I just don't understand it. I mean, and... Like, you know, if we're still talking about, like, sexual love, something like that, and it's, it's one of those things where it's, like, I, I laugh, like, our, one of our mutual friends, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, a uh, big, you know, black dude I, I worked with in my bar back at the time. You know what I'm talking about. It's oh, like, there's so many it could be, but I'm, I'm going to keep online for now. Uh, <laughs> but it's, like, we were talking about, like, just how, when you think about it, how gay porn is. For, yeah. both, for, for, for both parties. We're talking about like, a former Marine right now? Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, you gotcha. Know, like, <laughs> you know, like, no, it's like, we were talking about, like, like, he and I talked about, like, being in threesome before and stuff like that. It was like, you know, again, it's like, I'm someone who's very comfortable with myself and stuff like that. Like, I don't make things very awkward. He and I have kissed a couple times, like, drunk and, like, joking around and stuff Me like that. Me and him have kissed a couple of times drunk, too. Fair so, enough. hey. But, um, like, you know, like, I, I was having, talking with him just about, how, like, how gay porn is, like, especially, like, when it comes to camera and stuff like that, where it's like, You're oh, looking at the balls. You're looking like, at the balls, flapping around, you're watching some guy's dick going dick, in and yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, you know, and, like, you know, as a guy, you're just like, oh, yeah, like, I've never, like, fuck around, like, oh, my God, get that dick away from me. It's like, you're watching some chick get fucked, and it's like, the camera angle is like, you're zooming on the dick going in and out of the vagina. Right. It's like, you know, even in, like, as a woman, it's like, yeah, like, oh, my God, like, vaginas are just, like, so gross, and I could never see myself doing that, but it's like, you're watching zoom-ins on, like, this, these angles and stuff well, like that. Well, I will say, I like, know a lot of girls who, like, are comfortable kissing another woman, but they're not comfortable going down on another woman. I know a lot of, I know, I know a lot of girls that are like that, like, especially, like, girls that are, like, quote-unquote experimenting like right. they'll, they'll make out with a girl they'll let a girl go down on her when it comes down to like reciprocate they're just like um i don't really know if i'm comfortable with that but it's Which, like, like everyone has the rights to no, do what people, they're comfortable people with definitely have those moments but it's like at the point it's like that's something that should like you said before things need to be discussed beforehand right. you can't just go into a situation like for the lack of a better word cock teasing someone because <laughs> like <laughs> right. you know it's like oh, i've been called a tease over stupid shit so many times though where it's like I feel like I was upfront and honest and clear about my feelings. No, I feel like you're very summer fin about the situation. Like, you're going in being like, this is I what am, I want, this is what I expect, think, and stuff like that. It's like, maybe from there we can discuss what's happening, but it's like, right, I want you to understand people think just the fact that I'm flirting is enough to be like, or like, I'm someone who's very comfortable with nudity. So, Same. I've had, like, people who barely know me. I've, like... I've pulled my tits out at the bar you used to work at that I met you in. I've pulled them out at, like, other bars I've gone to. Oh, I've been naked in the quarter a couple of times with, just like, because, friends that are visiting. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, 
we're in the pool and I'm just like, it's hot as fuck. Like, who cares? I'm about to strip naked. We're going to chill in the pool right now. Well, for me, it's always that, oh, oh, I have a, a, a crossbar. I have a, I have two piercings and one nipple. Yeah. And people are like, oh, what does that look like? And I'm like, this is what it looks like because who gives a fuck? It's a nipple. Like, it's, it's not sexualized if you don't need it to be sexualized. Well, it's so the same thing with like naked bike rides or like naked subway rides, something like that. Right. It's like, it's, you, <laughs> we need more stuff like that that completely takes the stigma or completely takes the sexualization, you know, sexualization out of the human form. Because it's like a body is just a body. It if is. you want to sexualize it, that's fine. But that's more or less up to the person whose body it is to say, "I choose to be sexual," rather than. But there are people who like sexualize breastfeeding a child. That's still it's fucking crazy. And it's right? like, are you fucking stupid? Like, yes, they're no, like, oh yeah, breastfeed your 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 uh, you know, what do you call a young baby? I was about to say your fetus. Breastfeed, <laughs> <Younglings>. <laughs> breastfeed your younglings all you want, but once they're past one years old, oh no, when they're it's like, oh, once they can ask for it. No, it's something. It's something, that, no, it's something it's, not like it's, it's something not like Game of Thrones where you have this like eight-year-old child <laughs> suckling on a teeth. But there are other cultures where it's like, you know, breastfeeding up to two years is normal. But yeah. in America, it's like, no, you switch to a bottle once they can start asking for it. And it's like, why are you sexualizing a boob? It's just no, a even then, boob. It's like, you've got people, like women that have to carry around their, like, you know, like, it, it's to the point where it's like marketing. You've got breastfeeding blankets and stuff going around. It's mm-hmm. like... You know, keep it I, exactly. Or like jobs have breastfeeding rooms for their employees so that they're not doing it in the office. They have to go to the special room or they have to go to a bathroom stall to feed their child. Uh, I've worked with many breastfeeding mothers in my hotel industry and we were so chill and laxed around. Like, yeah, if you need to pump, go pump. Like if you if you need to save milk for your child, if if your if your partner needs to drop your child off at work for you to feed them directly and then leave with them like and you need your break are you telling that, me that okay. you guys are very like welcoming and understanding of needs that's so, so crazy just to describe the hotel that i work at we are a millennial based hotel dig it that's our like our what the audience we're trying to bring in our front desk and our bar is one in the same i as a bartender also check you into the hotel and like make your drinks all night and check you out the next day you know so we're a, we're a weird place, and everything is sexualized there, which is, in my opinion, going a little overboard. Like, we're trying to be like, oh, yeah, let's be as raunchy as we possibly can. I'll give you an example. Yeah, please do, because yes. I have so, so many questions. So let's listen to this And then part. after that, we'll, we'll go on a break. If you are in your room, there's a little poster with all our amenities, like, things that you can get, which includes kink kits, but it's not even, like... Interesting. Okay. No, like, that's not even the line. So... You can dial star 69 to get a bedtime story read to you. What? Yeah. And, like, all of the posters are, like, there's one that's in the, like, dish area where you grab, like, plates and stuff. And it's, like, this this woman sitting in a sink, like, licking a dish seductively. Everything is very, like, seductive I and I want to come check out rooms at your fucking job. Because oh, please do. I'll gladly a, give you a I tour. Need to, yeah, I need to come by and visit you at some point. And, like, if I help a guest out or give them something for free, it's called a hookup. So it's like we're trying to be on edge, but at the same time, that the fact that we're part of like a larger chain, we're also like very corporate at the same time. So you get like these weird opposing factors where it's like, yeah, be raunchy and be seductive and be millennial and sexual, but also <laughs> we're still a hotel and we're still a front desk and we're still a family friendly place and we're still this. We have a 24 hour bar 
Like, we're not family friendly. <laughs> like, when you really get down to it, there's a naked lady in this room on a poster, but we're still going to call ourselves family friendly. And we have to, like, play music that doesn't say curse words in it. But we can show some titties. But we can show some titties. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ, your place is... Oh, yeah, no, I'm going to come check that out at some point. Please do. Um, I'll give you a drink. On the house. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, we're going to go on a quick little break, real quick. Then we're going to hop back in. But, uh... And maybe actually talk about we're, dating. No, we're definitely we're, we're talking about dating, but I feel like this definitely, like, adds a little bit more, like... It definitely, some background characters. <laughs> no, yeah, it definitely puts some perspective to kind of like who we are as people and like how, right. kind of how that's going to go into like our idea of what dating is, especially in the city and everything that's going on. But do mm-hmm. um, you have any parting words for the first half of the show? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, we'll see you guys in the second half. Hey guys, Future Mark here. Uh, just thanking you guys for listening to another podcast hopefully this one is something you guys can definitely enjoy i'm here with nicole and we're here to thank you for just being with us today and hopefully you guys enjoy the second part as much as you enjoy the first part if not more if not more hopefully more the second part (laughs) is the second part is definitely pretty pretty nice so yeah yes yes thank you have me back again sometime. <laughs> I definitely Let me get wanna, deeper. I definitely mm, deep is definitely the strong word for that. But <laughs> thank you guys, and enjoy the rest of the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the second half. Back here again with Nicole. She uh, surprisingly didn't leave, <laughs> so that must mean that I'm doing something right. Or, um... Or I'm too drunk to drive, who knows? I was gonna say, or a car is broken down. So <laughs> I'll take either, that's fine. That means I'm not, uh, home alone right now. And that's fine. <laughs> um, so I guess, like, you know, we kind of... In the first half of the podcast, we definitely gave a little bit more background on kind of who we are, the way we think. And I think in the second half, like, we'll definitely, like, be a lot more focused into... Right. The whole, you know, original discussion of the argument. And that has to do with kind of dating right now, especially dating in a pandemic in a very uh, culturally debaucherous city, I guess is right, the best no, way to say it. That's a great way to say it, for um, sure. So, like, I know, like, for me, like, I've had a couple matches on a couple sites, Tinder, Hinge, and things like that, Bumble. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, like, I had someone come over, like, I made dinner for us, we watched, like, the first part of a movie, super chill, we talked for a little bit, talked about meeting up didn't really work out ghosted or just didn't work out we just kind of fell off yeah you know we both texted a little bit less until the point where we just stopped texting okay and then there was another another person that i met up with we went on a bike date it was pretty fun we're talking like a 20 mile bike date like your usual or like a nice like chill bike date (laughs) where you like stroll through the park suck a dick (laughs) oops we ended up in another state not again oh my god fuck (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i love you (laughs) but no like so it was probably it was probably around 21 miles that we biked into okay but it's like you know we biked around like uh, the quarter for a little bit, and then we biked into Mid City. Mm-hmm. Uh, Never comes we, to the Bywater. Yeah, no. And then we biked into oh, City whatever. Park. Whatever comes sometime. We biked in the city. We biked in the city park, and then we kind of went through the forest and everything there. And mm-hmm. it was it was a lot of fun. I went the did a lot more stuff that like I didn't really think about doing before. Right. But like I felt like I was like a lot of the driving point of the conversation. We texted that night when I got back home, 
and then the next day we just kind of stopped and I was just like I'm not really mad about it though you know right because you were putting in the work like the last tinder date which I don't even know if it's tinder I'm like literally on every site including oh, same. including one called beautifulpeople.com because I was like why is everyone on tinder okay so so, so so I'm on tinder bumble hinge okcupid and field I don't know what Field is, but all of those plus beautiful people. Field is, uh, it's a it's a dating app for more people that are more into, like, open relationships. I should check that out then. Yeah. But either way, I met a guy who, by the way, I'm 27 years old, and I met a guy she on one of the apps who is 22 years old, mm. and immediately messaged all my friends, and I'm like, hey, we're vibing really well through messages, but he's 22. <laughs> He was born in, like, 98. Like, I, I, that doesn't even process in my brain. I feel that. So, again, we were vibing so well through messages. I had, like, a major crush on him. Like, we're, you know, making jokes. Like, I love it. And then we meet in person. And, again, I felt like I was driving point of, of the conversation where I was making sure it went on. And the bartender who knew me very well because it was at one of our local dives on Magnus. Oh, you gotta, you gotta do that. Somewhere that you've been multiple times and I've been multiple times. The bartender was like, oh, must be going good. I don't see any awkward pauses in, in the conversation while he was using the bathroom. And I was like, uh, yeah, but as my best friend says, I can talk to a rock. So <laughs> we're just comparing him to a rock here with the conversation being well, ongoing. Yeah, so we had one date, and he had asked me out on a second, and I unfortunately ghosted him. I should have been honest and just been like, hey. I'd rather have someone definitely be honest with me than ghost me. I should have, but at the same time, like... Because I definitely know I'm way more honest than someone who's like, hey, this isn't working out. I didn't want to just be like, yeah, you're cool and all, but you're too young, and I wasn't enjoying anything about you, and you're... Now, it's like... I'm not going to go into more detail than that. No, I'm actually super fucking curious, so what else happened? Nothing, like, nothing that was, like, a big dividing factor. I just... So, I feel like one of my friends tells me that I fall in too heavy, too deep, too fast. But the thing is, I want to oh, have you, those you, sparks. You and, our, you and our little marine friend the same way. Like, I want to, like, know that I want to be with you. Even if it doesn't happen right away. Even if we take months to get to know each other. I want to know that I have that level of interest the day I meet you. Like, I want to have some kind of spark, some kind of feel, some kind of magic... And it's like I had nothing with him. And it's like maybe that's not not realistic, but at the same time, he's way younger than me, so that was enough of a dividing factor. Well, no, and that's the thing. like, I feel really weird just, like, you know, dating someone that was born in, like, 2000, you know, where it's just like, I'm 26, you're 20. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, you're saying you that know, I'm 27 and someone was born in, like... And, like, I don't even know, way older than that, like, 95. Yeah. For me, I was born in 93 and 95. I'm like, uh, and maybe that comes from being, like, a female and seeing most normal relationships to a woman being younger than a man. But I'm just like, 95 is a little bit younger than well, me. See, I, I've always been, like, into older women and younger men. Like, that was always my thing. Where it's like... And I'm the opposite way around. I like younger women and older men. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, and it's like, so my whole thing is just like... When it comes to men, I'm definitely more into... And, like, this is a term that, like, is very, like, debated, which I didn't know it was that heavily debated, because it's, like, I really don't have a lot of queer friends and stuff like that, but, like, apparently apparently the term twink isn't something that's, like, really, really nice to say, but it's, like... I always wonder that about a lot of phrases that are used for gay women or gay men, like, in general, because the word dyke, I feel like, you, you know, if you are that... And you own it, 
fuck yeah, cool. But if you're part of the straight community and you call someone a dyke, then it's not cool. Well, no, that's the thing. Like, it, all, it, all, it all has to be kind of just like where your interest is and kind of like, you know, your intention of using the word. So Definitely. are you saying you're attracted to more... Uh, I love very young looking Androgynous, young, I like smaller... Very, yeah, I like very like young, boyish looking dudes and see, with like, I, no I, body I, hair. I can do a mustache for beard, that's fine, mm, but like no body that's hair. That's the kind of woman I'm attracted to. Like an androgynous, petite... Skinny, like not not bodacious, like small breasts. Mm. That's the kind of woman I'm See, attracted. I, love, I, I would call it a pixie. I'm attracted to like a little pixie girl. I love those gymnastic looking boys. Like, oh, mm. <laughs> oh my god. And then for men, I want like um, how do you even say this? Like, as long as you're not overly scrawny, okay, overly <laughs> obese or overly muscular. I like the nice average man. Like, you got a good amount of body, body fat on you. You got a good bit of muscle under that she's, body fat. She's talking about me. Oh, yeah. It, like, as long as you're between 5'4 uh, and 6'5. Oh, yeah. No, that's me right there. 5'8, <laughs> bitch, come Maybe at a me. nice beard and glasses, wearing a striped shirt. <laughs> Too much. No, but... Oh, I'm, dear. How you do tease? I feel like I'm more picky about women than I am about men. I don't know if that's just I'm like way more picky about internalized self-hate. Mm. Yeah. Internalized self-hate where it's like I have to compare myself to it where it's like when I look for a woman, I don't want this Amazonian woman who's like six foot tall and has like, the I best curves. I'm really because like I've had a lot more luck with tall women. But I think that's, again, it's the opposite yeah. gender of what you were born. Not necessarily what you identify as, but what you were born because both of us identify more gender neutral and fluid but I, when I look at a woman, I, I want a woman who's on my level, who is gender fluid. They have, you know, maybe shorter pixie cut hair, like a cute little mullet, and they have a flat chest, and they're, you know, closer to five foot tall than they are to six foot tall. And that's what I look for in a woman. I'm looking for almost myself. And it's like maybe it is that, like, internalized jealousy that I don't want this, you know, tall Amazonian woman who has big old titties and a nice <laughs> ass because... I've never had boobs and I never will. Like I'm always gonna be like this. <laughs> no, I feel that because like I like I like like I said I like very hairless like very young looking dudes like especially like skinny boys like. But like again, really, going really into androgyny, not, so, yeah. not necessarily a young look, but that that um, borderline look where it's like, is he this or is he that? Where he like falls on. It's not like a burly bear of a man. I mean, like I'm definitely more into like the more like effeminate looking dudes, but it's like I know like for a fact like for myself like I like very young boyish looking boys. Mm -hmm. Like that's like what. I like, oh, not me. I want, like, the See, man. See, no, that's, that's what I like. And it's I, like, want, I want... I still have, like, <laughs> oh, my God, I've got the biggest thing for this dude I used to work with. Uh-huh. And, like, all of our friends know that, like, I'm into him. And we still live by each other. And it's like, I definitely... Does he know, though? Or is he, like, no, oblivious? He I don't know. He doesn't know. <laughs> I mean, he may not know. I don't know. Because we were, like, out drinking maybe one time with, like, a bunch of our coworkers. Maybe. I'm super oblivious. <laughs> like, like I said, like, I someone, like, you could be... A dude like in my room, bottoms down, and I was like, "I've got some pants you can borrow. Are you cold? Like, what's up?" But I feel like, like that isn't just with men with you, because as you said earlier, when you first met me and you're flirting with me, I was oblivious to it. Yeah. But I feel like I almost fall in the same realm as a again hate to say, but twinky boy, where I have a short pixie cut. Or mullet haircut. I am a flat chest. I, I have know, a like, strong jawline. Like I, I like I like short hair on girls. Yeah. Like, so I would say that I'm I can play into my uh, gender ambiguity, especially like in that job. I was 
ambiguous when it came to my gender because I wasn't a bartender. I was just a kitchen worker, so my looks didn't Baggy matter. Clothes and shit all the time. So, yeah, so. I wore, I, I had a friend who was a male who moved to New York and he didn't want to move all of his stuff with him. So I would wear his pants to work regularly. I would wear, you know, instead of wearing a female small shirt, I would wear a men's medium shirt. And I was, you know, we'd wear like baggy Hawaiian shirts there too. And we had to cover our hair. So I'd be wearing ball caps. And I was more gender ambiguous at that job than I am at my current job where I'm, you know, feeling like, oh, I'm a tip based shop. Let me present as a hyper feminine woman yeah. who's attractive because I can, I'm, I'm on that borderline where I can present myself as a very basic, attractive female. Very basic. Or I can present I wear myself as like when I can. It's very well, nice. I mean, you know, I can be like more alternative. I have like crazy hair colors, but like to my current job, there are days where I'll wear a wig and I will wear makeup. No shit. Yeah. You gotta I, send me some pictures. That sounds really cool. I have this great like burgundy bob wig that everyone loves for some reason. My alter ego with that wig is Sasha because it just sounds like sassy as fuck. And Please. It looks sassy as fuck. Please send me pictures. I'll send you Sasha oh pictures for I sure. I need this in my life. I dated a girl named Sasha. That was a very hard. Was time she sassy? No, she was actually very shy, and I cheated on her. It was, yeah, mm. yeah. No, it's. So how do you? I was feel? in ninth grade. It was very bad. How do you feel like your dating life, or that your love life, or sexual life has changed during these COVID times? Well, even then, it's just like. So you and I had this conversation the other night when we were over mm-hmm. at our friend's house, and we were just kind of. Show on the couch having a conversation. But. Yeah, and her friend was like dead asleep, and we were just like in the <laughs> well, house not no, leaving. No, 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 she was trying to go to bed, and we were loud laughing and drawing, and she slammed, <laughs> she slammed the door on us. So that's totally fine. Right, but either way, we were like yeah. in her house and yeah. not talking to her because we're shit people. <laughs> but no, like what I was saying was just like sex isn't something that's always like super big to me. Right. Like, you know, it's it's a huge issue for me. Like being twenty six, like being young mm-hmm. and like you know everyone else is just like horny all the time I'm just like for me like making out is sex for me and right. it's just like sex is just like everything else and it's like like so like I guess like to like throw an analogy on it like making out is just like that ice cream that I really really wanted but sex is just like I mean I guess I got a fucking sundae this is cool I got and three see, scoops and some I feel whipped like... cream and shit I'm like this is really dope <laughs> My my deep intimacy is, like, going down on another person. Like, sucking someone's dick or, like, giving a woman head is, like, my deep intimacy. I'm not much of a, like, maker-outer, and it doesn't mean much to me when I do. Like, I will kiss my friend by, and it'd be, like, an, inti- yeah. an intimate, in quotes, kiss, and we're just friends. But, like, sex to me has always been more of a casual thing. Like, I earned so many shitty nicknames at my last job, including uh, Streetcar. You know, wow, they hop on, they hop off. That's that's rude. And uh, Velociraptor, the man eater, and it's like that's rude. Me being a woman, I get these nicknames when the men who were associated with me, yeah, didn't. And it's like you know, one of the guys who have fooled around with had yeah, one's a fucking conquistador, and you're just like the little bit of land. That no, exactly. Like, like one of the guys had an on again, off again girlfriend, and I before I even like went into anything, I made sure that they were off again. Is this the one who's dicky blowing and he came immediately? Okay, like, not even blow on. Like, we had, like, <laughs> pants on, cuddled. Oh, I'm sorry, but no. He, uh, and geez. maybe his girlfriend got, like, longer loving. But, like, we only successfully had sex one time because he would come so quick from anything else. And, like, yeah. I'm not going to judge him 
from that. Like, well, I don't no. have a penis. I don't know how it is. Well, no, and, like, that, that's the thing for me where it's, like... Um, it okay, so, me, so, Okay, so, like, making out for me is something that's, like, really, really intimate. Sex is something yeah, that's very... Yeah, you're swapping fluids. Yeah, you're like, in sex each other's is something spaces. that's very casual for me. Like, I've had a lot of friends and stuff that we've sex had. Sex is casual Yeah, like, I've too. had a lot of friends that I've, mm-hmm. like, had sex with and stuff like that. Like, nothing ever serious really happened. Right. And, like, I always, like, even in high school, I was like, yeah, I feel like I can just, like, have sex with you and we can, like, go watch movies and stuff like that. I'm like... I'm sorry I, if you just heard my burp. That's fine. I was like, you know, <laughs> I was always so like, oh, like, I feel like we could have sex and, like, go watch a movie after. I'm like, I, I, that makes me feel really good. I appreciate so, it. So, I didn't lose my virginity until after high school. No, oh, I lost it in ninth grade, like, that transitionary summer between ninth grade I, and tenth grade. I lost mine when I was 19 years old, and it was to a guy who was eight years older than me, who was an adult, you know, who yeah. was in his late 20s. How old were you? I was 19, and okay. he was... I'm cool with that, though. He was, like, 27, 28. Okay, I'm cool with that. I, yeah, I'm I wasn't like, a baby. No, okay, I, I was, was like, out of high school. I was an adult. <laughs> I was like... But, uh, like, my first kiss was only a year before that, so I was still, like, naive to a certain extent, but I wasn't because I was also, like, always a very, like educated smart person into science like i understood you know i knew, I knew what the mitochondria like, was yeah powerhouse of the cell no yeah, but really i like i understood things beyond what like i wasn't one of those girls who was like oh yeah i pissed out of my vagina like i always looked into the details deeper than that i always knew more yeah even at a younger age so like i lost my virginity to a guy who was eight years older than me who was a piece of shit, but that doesn't matter because it didn't mean anything to me. I wasn't like, let me lose my virginity to someone who I love because to me, sex was just sex. I even did, from a young and age. I feel like that's crazy. No, for me, I was like, oh yeah, you work at this fast food restaurant with me and live with your parents and you don't even have a bedroom door. Fuck yeah, let's get it. Oh no, my girlfriend and I, we lost it to each other. Like, we were each other's first I didn't times. have that. And then, like, right after losing it to him, I immediately, like, within the year, slept with 10 other guys like I like knocked them out of the park back to back to back to back and didn't yeah. care and like made it clear like this is what I want from you this is all I want from you we're not even going on a date like I show up I take my pants off let's fuck let's get it so to <laughs> no, me I've, I've, sex, I've had was, that al- sex was always a chill thing it was never anything more and even in serious relationships I've had in the past I've tried to sway them towards being an open relationship because to me yeah, you can have a deep emotional loving relationship with someone, but a physical relationship doesn't have to be that. And sometimes you need more physically than one partner can give you. Yeah. Well, no, this thing is like I haven't. I want more. I have. Well, no, this thing is like I haven't been in a relationship probably since I was in high school, and mm-hmm. my whole thing with that is just like there is so much more honesty in a polyamorous relationship than there is in being. Not only honesty, but openness in general that you can bring something up before it happens. I feel like in an open relationship, it's not like first and ask for forgiveness. It's it's all about communication and communicate. Exactly. So it's like, you know, nobody wants to be the person that's being left out. No one wants to be the person that is like, you know, not receiving the information. Like everyone wants to be on the same page because like, so for me, my open relationships, the second, in my open, open relationships, the second I had an attraction to another person, even if it wasn't something that was going to leave anywhere, even if we were just walking through the mall together or Walmart, and I was yeah. like, hey, check out the ass. I was comfortable doing that. I was comfortable with them doing that to me, too, that a guy I was dating could say, hey, that girl over there is hot. I'd be like, fuck yeah, she is, and it would be okay, and we didn't feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Or if he said, you know, another girl had a nicer this or that than me for whatever, for whatever reason that it came up, it wouldn't make me uncomfortable. But you see people who are in these monogamous relationships that 
cheat on each other emotionally, not even physically, that they're texting other girls, hey, good no, morning, no, how are you? Absolutely. absolutely. And that's what's hurtful to me. And no, like, for me, like, that's one thing where it's just like, you know, when it comes to being a polyamorous relationship, like, I've had this before where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I've been, like, the other person or, like, I've been, been like, the, the main... the side chick? Yeah. I've been the side chick a couple times, but I've also, yeah. I've also been, like, the main chick or the main partner for somebody where it's just like... Right. I understand that there are certain things that I can bring and there are certain things I can bring. Like, for me, like, I mm-hmm. work all the time. Like, a lot of times I'll work 18-hour days and stuff like that and, like, right. I'm going or it's like, you know... And for me, I when I'm it. working, I work an overnight schedule where I go into my job at 7 or 8 p.m. and I don't get off until 5 or 6 in the morning and I'm not going to have that nightlife. Like, maybe my partner wants to go out and see the band or go out and dance or go out to a bar that yeah. I can't go with them. And I think that they should be able to do that. No, and that's... And connect with other people. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, like, the point I'm trying to get across. Like, I understand there are certain things that I can bring to a relationship. And mm-hmm. I don't want you to think that just because you and I are an item that you can have that with someone else. That's totally fine. Like, if you want to have, like... Boyfriend or a girlfriend, or like, Sorry. A, no, fine. If you want to have a boyfriend or girlfriend or a partner, where like you know, you have someone that you can just go out and dance with, or whether you have someone that you can be more open to, right? When and it comes to ta- certain things, that's totally fine. And it's like I get it. Like maybe at the end of the day, I'm the bed that you come home to, and I'm exactly. totally and I'm totally fine with but that. I can be the main that, piece. But and it's like that needs to be like a communication <laughs> or a dynamic that you yeah, need to have set up. Because I've talked to so many people about emotional, like having an open relationship, and they're like. Oh, well, I don't want my girl just going out and fucking everyone. I'm like, is that what you think an open relationship is? I've no. had open relationships before where the rule was no penetration. I've had open relationships before where it's like, you know, we're comfortable with this, but bring it up with me first. An open relationship means being open and honest and communicating with each other what your needs are before presenting what you're going to do. So let's say, like, you and I were in an emotional relationship and we were dating and we wanted to be open. And you said, hey, I love going out and dancing, but I know you don't dancing, don't like dancing. Is it okay for me to go and dance with another girl? Fuck yeah, that's cool. Go and dance with another girl that's not cheating. Or I, as a bartender, will often flirt with other men, whether it's to bring my tips up or just to make a quick connection with someone so they like me enough to have more drinks with me and they feel comfortable in my bar. Is that cheating? Some people see that as cheating. Well, no, this thing is like my uh, my ex girlfriend, who you and our mutual friends have met. I have before, met her. Yes, which is like you know through the same walks of life. Yes. that that one strip that we all work on. <laughs> but it's like you know I bartend, so it's like part of my job is flirting with people for a living. So it it's is. like that's how I get my and money. And not even harshly like and dirty flirting with people, but being friendly. Well, exactly. And- and it got to the point where she got very jealous of that. It was mm-hmm. the point where like, she was kind of in a relationship to the point where we got a dog together. Like, our boy Ace, he's the mascot for the channel. What's up, Ace? <laughs> he's, he's, like, walking out of the room currently. Like, it's fine. Don't talk about me. But, like, me. Well, no, like we, when we got Ace, like, you know, a lot of times, like, I would work those 18, 19-hour shifts, sometimes right. 20-hour shifts, and I'd come home. And Amelia wouldn't go to bed. I'd just sit with him in the back room, mm-hmm. and I'd just talk to him about my day, and... She got very jealous, and I'm like, you're getting jealous of a dog right now. Well, just being in an open relationship in general, I dated a guy who wanted to label the relationship before I was ready to label it, and I told him straight up when we got into it, I was like, I'm only comfortable putting this boyfriend-girlfriend relationship label on it if you're comfortable with us being open because I'm not ready for a strong one-on-one commitment. Yeah. But then the bar that you worked at, I'm sure you know, one man who had a beard who's now living out of state. I don't know if that rings a bell at all. Oh. But, uh, yeah, so, like, he would flirt with me, and I worked next door. 
for a while to the to the bar. Never would have guessed that. And I would see him four or five days a week. Now I was not sexually attracted to him in any kind of way. I didn't have any kind of emotional feelings for him in any kind of way. He's literally just a bartender at a bar that I would frequent when I got off of my job that was next door to it. Okay. But he would get jealous of that. My boyfriend at the time would get jealous of that because he was like, oh, well, you see him more than you see me because we work opposite schedules. And when you get off, you have a drink over there. I was like, yo, dude, you have to realize I don't have any kind of feelings to him. I don't have any kind of physical actions with him. He's literally just someone who I see five days a week because he works next door to where I work. Even if I don't go into his bar... I'm going to see him because we're working next door to each other. Yeah. So I think that a lot of people think an, an open relationship means we both do whatever we want whenever we want. No, and that's, and that's, that's not what it is. Well, no, that's at how all. I had, like, with a friend of mine who came over, like, we were playing video games together, like, we were, you know, taking shots, drinking beers, and stuff like that. And yeah. I, I was telling him, I was just like, you know, like, yeah, like, I'm into dudes and stuff like that. Like, we were having, like, a con, like, he was asking me questions. I was telling more about myself. I was like, you know, I got those vibes from him. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, you know, it's whatever. Like, I appreciate the fact that, because he works for, like, you know, um, this little organization and stuff like that, where it's like, you know, he helps recruit other kids to come towards, like, the college and stuff that he works at. So, mm-hmm. his whole thing is, like, recruiting and stuff like that. And, like, you know, you have to be non biased and something like that. It's like, you know, you don't want to seem like you're putting more eggs in one basket for one person because of I certain biases eggs. and stuff. You know, yeah, exactly. But, um, no, like, we had a, we started having a conversation about open relationships, and, uh, yeah. like, you know, he was like, yeah, like, I don't know if I can just see my girl, like, you know, fucking around someone else. Like, you know, I can see me go out and do it. I'm like, oh, no, so what you want, you want a harem. Like, that's, I get that. That's totally fine. You want this certain dynamic. Yeah, but, you want but all these like, girls and Yeah, but it's like, that's not, an, that's not what open relationship is. Like, it's like, a lot of people have this idea of what open relationship is, when their idea, a lot of it, for most of the time, is just like, one is, of the partners is going out and fucking all these other people, or maybe both Or maybe both are, going are whenever they people. want without asking. Yeah. Or it's just but it's everyone's like, fucking everyone. That's not what a you know polyamorous relationship is at all at any point. And like, that's another forget thing about the communication that, aspect. Everyone's just like, yo, we just go out and fuck. And no, like, this is the bed, this is the bed be, I'm falling out. You know, this is the bed I'm falling asleep in at the end of the night. But it's like, that's not what that is. No, polyamory could be like, oh, I can have love for more than one person. But an open relationship does not have to include polyamory. An open relationship does not have to include having sex with other people. An open relationship could be simply, like I said, you like to dance with girls. Yeah. I'm not a dancer. I work during nights. You go out and drink during nights. And I'm like, you know what, Mark? Me and you are boyfriend, girlfriend, partners, whatever you want to call it. But I'm okay with you dancing with other people when you go out at night. It could be, hey, you have the password to my phone. I have the password to yours. This is what I'm okay with texting. An open relationship literally just means we're open and honest in our dialogue. We present what we want to each other and we respect each other's needs. It doesn't mean you're fucking other people. It doesn't mean that you're emotionally open to other people. It literally just means that I'm comfortable telling you what I want and need. I respect what you're okay with the borderline being and we're both gonna like act on those lines. And it could be different for everyone. uh, um, open relationship could literally be we only seek love outside of our relationship when it's in a threesome. It can be you do what you want, but I don't want to hear about it. It can be, again, you can dance with other people, but you can't kiss them. You can't penetrate. You can't do this. And it's different for every relationship. It's different for all partners yeah. to find what they want and what they're comfortable with. So how is that factoring right now to like 
you trying to find relationships with other people because I, so, I know I know like for you right now like for, at least like if you're cool with me talking about this like yeah from what I've heard like you're kind of looking right now for like that person that you feel like you can spend your life with so I want to be someone's main bitch that's what I'm really looking for yeah. but again I am more into open relationships but as I'm like looking through Tinder and Hinge and OkCupid the guys who I keep matching with are guys who are polyamorous and already partnered. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I get that, because, like, same, like, I've, I've been the side bitch for a lot of people. Right, so and it's like, not a turn yeah. off to me. It's, it's no, no, And I've gone not. out with a few of them, yeah. and at the same time, it's like, I want an emotional connection with someone, and I want to be someone's main, and, like, maybe we seek things out outside <laughs> Trust of that. Me, I totally get that. <laughs> but it's like, I don't feel like I'm going to find that on online dating from what I've no, seen. that's definitely something you gotta find with and having that communication with somebody else and that's something that I'm definitely finding too it's just like mm-hmm. even when you're on these a lot of like more kink-centric sites and stuff and right, when because... you like you know try to have this communication like online with someone even when you set up these like dynamics and stuff like and you can talk there's... to them for like even a month at a time and feel oh, like yeah. you know everything about them and your conversation vibes well through it's text. Not, it's not the same as when you have like when that you're full in person. on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's my thing too. It's just like, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a monogamous person. I'm very like mm-hmm. open, very poly in like the way I say it. Just because like I understand that like, and my roommate gets really pissed about this. Like I believe in what I call the Summer Finn Principle, or if anyone's ever seen Five Years of Summer, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Very misunderstood. It's great, a great so love good. movie. <laughs> but, um, but like the Summer Finn Principle, it's like it's it's based on like the whole quote that Summer has whenever Tom and her first start seeing each other, which is like you know, mm-hmm. Tom is just like you know, I really really like you. And but she was honest from the beginning. Well, no, of and her she expectations. was just like you know, he was like, I really like, I think I might love you. Like I I want to be with you and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it's like. You know, can you promise me that like you'll feel the same way or whatever? And she's just like, you no. know, like I can't. Like no one can promise that. Like that's not and a viable thing. It's like I can't promise you that I'll go to bed and wake up tomorrow feeling the exact same way. And that's right. the way I feel. It's like that's how every I feel relationship too. like I'm in. I'm just like I understand. Like I love you. You might love me, but it's like if you find someone else, you feel like you might be happy with. The thing is, I I'm love my best be, friend in the same way that yeah. I love a partner sometimes if it doesn't go oh, beyond no. that totally and like my whole thing is just like if you find someone that like you might be happy with mm-hmm. happier than you are with me then i'm not gonna okay. be selfish and be like no i love you it's no, like exactly i, I love my i love my best friend i love my brother i love my dog love a lot of t- no it's, it sounds stupid but love can only really get you so far but it's like you really still need but that also, genuine connection with someone yeah there's a difference and between like love and that, in love yeah and it's like if you feel like you can have that with someone else like i'm not gonna stop from being happy we can mm-hmm. still be friends at the end of the day because it's like we know so much about each other but so before, i'm not gonna you know come between you and what could be what makes you happy exactly you like i that's i'm not gonna be that selfish right so before i got into my most recent relationship which ended in november but before that which it was a year long relationship. So let's go like uh, November 2018. Damn it! <laughs> so, like during that time, yeah. or before that time, I had an I idea had, in my mind of what, what, the, what the number was, and I was like, I was completely off. I was like, fuck! <laughs> well, I had a coworker who I was like fooling around with, and I told him straight up, like, look, at that time I had just gotten out, and when I say just gotten out, like six months previous, had just gotten out of another relationship. I just relationship. got out of jail. I don't even remember. I had just gotten out of a relationship six <laughs> months previous. 
and I wasn't looking for anything serious. I was looking for a whole phase. I was looking for like friends with benefits, not fuck buddies, friends with benefits. I wanted someone who I was close with, comfortable with, cool with, but also we could be physical with. I've been that for a lot of people in college. It was nice. And I told him from the beginning, I was like, hey, if you ever have deeper feelings for me, talk to me. I want you to tell me. I want to talk about it. And at that point, I feel like the physical thing should end and we should just be friends. Yeah. Well, one day we were in the middle of hooking up and he looks at me and he says, Nicole, I have feelings for you. In the middle of it? Oh, yeah. like Not like fucking, but in the middle of like making out and touching each other, each other uh-huh. says, I have feelings for you. And I was like, yeah, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, like, were, were they, were they, at the point where like, they said, I have feelings for you? They said, I love you. I have feelings for okay, you. Like, good. I want to date you, pretty much. Like, I have feelings okay, for you. Okay, because I say, if we go to the point where they say, I love you, I'm like, we've already had those feelings. You no, we already loved each other. Or not. We already told each other we loved each other. We were good friends. We cool. were good, okay. good friends. Okay, So, cool. he says, I have feelings for you. And I was like, that's cool. I understand it, but we need to stop the physical then. And we were watching a movie, so it's like, let's just finish watching the movie, whatever. So we're sitting and watching the movie, and Let's like just watch Lilo and Stitch. five minutes into Lilo and Stitch, so I don't, remember, I don't even remember what it was, but either like, it's always Lilo another and Stitch. five minutes later, he like turns and faces me and tries to make out with me again. I push him away, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no, this isn't cool. Like, if you have feelings for me, I don't want to hurt you. It's not what I'm interested in. I don't feel that way about you. This has to end. Well, he gets pissed off and is like, you know. Oh, you know, why don't you go fuck one of your other bitches then? I'm like, I'm like, I'm already texting another guy. Like, whatever, I'll leave if you want me to leave. That's so petty. I'm so sorry. And we're like fighting and arguing over it. And we were so harsh and so rude and so mean to each other. But I like saw myself as like, oh, I'm not the bad guy because, you know, six months before, however long before, I told him that's not what I was looking for. But at the same time, you can't, you can't fault someone for their feelings because it's not something that can be helped. Yeah. And it's not something you can control. And it, like, sucks that he had those feelings for me. And I did not for him. But I always want to be as honest and open as possible with someone, whether they're just a friend, they're someone I'm dating, or it's more than that. And I think that's why open relationships are so natural to me that it's, like, something where it's like, no, I want them to know well, exactly like, you, you've what page definitely, Especially, like, since I've known you, like, you've... Not saying that, like, you just speak out your ass all the time. It's like, you've always been <laughs> someone that, like, says things that are on your mind. It's like, yeah. you know, you've always been very honest. And I actually wanted to talk to you recently about one of my my stupid crushes I have right now. On the podcast or off the podcast? Whichever. I don't, get, I don't care. Okay. Um, well, I guess, like, we'll finish this and we'll, we can talk about that. Yeah, But of it's course. like, you know, uh, the first time you've ever come over my place where it's like, you know, you were like our mutual friend, like we were walking and it's like you got very upset about stuff and you kinda like kicked me away and No, I'll get I'll get deep like, with that. So me and the friend that he's talking about, we're both females. She is married, but her and I have always had like this deep, confusing love for each other where it's like, are we in love or do we just love each other? Could we see each other together? Could we not? And we've gotten physical before. Well all three of us, me and her and Mark were hanging out she was cuddling and leaning on Mark and I was like how dare you leave me so lonely and alone when you could have cuddled with me or let me cuddle with him when you're the married person and you're the person who has a relationship and I'm the single lonely one and I will say part of it was that I was drunk on red wine which always <laughs> makes me very emotional I love red wine but on the walk back we were yelling and arguing with each other and made up right away because anytime we've been friends for over eight years best yeah. friends for over eight years so her and I, anytime we get in an extreme fight, we've only been in three fights 
in our eight years of friendship, and every time it makes up within those and few hours. Yeah. And that, but, yeah, I, I, I do admit, like, I was reacting in a very emotional, crazy way, and I know you were put off by it. We talked about it. And and, and, and that's one thing that really bugged me. It was just, like, I was talking to, like, our Marine friend and stuff about that, and, like, he kind of yeah. said such tricks to me, and I was like, I was like, I don't think you understand. It's like, I'm very attracted to, like, Nicole, and I was like, honestly, like, if I'd given the chance, like... I would have cuddled up with you that night. But in but my like, head, it was that you were attracted to said friend. Yeah. And that I'm attracted to said friend. And said friend was with you and I was alone. And that, you know, the other person who was there at the time was also partnered. And I was the one single alone one. And going through the quarantine and feeling like so alone, I let it get to me more than it should have, especially with the alcohol. And I was like, you know, why did no one want to be with me? That I was the... And, you know, I've gone out with her many times. And she and I both have very, like, weird personalities that stand out. We're both very pretty girls. We're both, like, dressed in a way that stands out from the norm. Yeah. But I've seen many times where guys will flock to her more than me. And I've always felt like the second-class citizen. And I've always gotten jealous because I'm like... These guys are flirting with you and going to you, but you already have a man at home to go to. And I'm the one who's single. I'm the one who's alone. So, like, why do they get to go to you and you get to have everything? You have a husband to go home to and you have these guys attracted to you. And I'm just, like, the ugly little skinny girl in the corner. Because, like, in high school, I was, like, the skinny little underweight girl with, like, the big nose and, like the frizzy hair and this and that and like I've never thought of myself as being the attractive girl and then when I went to college suddenly my big nose was a compliment they were like you have such a strong nose (laughs) and like you know I gained probably a good 15 pounds out of high school on purpose because they're trying to hop in that strong Jewish family well not (laughs) I don't say I weighed like 93 pounds and I'm 5'2 and I weighed like 93 pounds in high school yeah so I worked my ass off to gain weight when I went to college so that filled my face out better and, like, whatever. But, like, suddenly the things that I was insulted on, whether it was, like, my body or my face or my nose or my smartness, the things that I was insulted on before, I suddenly was complimented on. And I thought they were just patronizing me. I thought they were just being like, oh, look at you. You're so cute. And it's still hard for me to accept a compliment. So, like, I can see people complimenting other people and understand that that person's attractive. But when people compliment me... I think they're just trying to be nice to me. Yeah. So anytime I'm out with her, even if we're getting equal attention, when I see her getting attention, it's like, I'm the outcast. I'm a shit person. She's married and she has a home and she has this and she has that. And I'm just like the shitty person who's floating around who can't get a relationship that lasts more than a year. So when we were all hanging out and you guys were bonding and I was like the, the third will... I took it very personally and deep, and I was like, I don't get it. Like, I love my best friend so much, and she's betraying me by doing this. Which, again, we made up right away. Like, within the five-minute walk back to her car, we were already, like, crying in each other's arms and hugging. But it was it was hurtful for me, and yeah, I know like I, I you're. I felt super shitty about that because it's like I never wanted. Like I said, like realistically, like that night, like I really wanted to be with you that night. And the thing is, I never knew like, you had I... any kind of attraction to me because even casting it back like two years prior, when you met me at the job I was working at, and you said that oh you met me and you flirted with me, 
I was at my job, so I didn't even notice that you were there, much less that you were flirting and with me. Like, I always feel really weird about hitting on people at their jobs. Like, I never feel good about right. that, because it's like, I just seem like another person, like, doing their no, thing. No, like, at that job, I wouldn't even, like, look at people's faces, so, like, I never noticed it. So, yeah. like, two years later, when it was, like, to my knowledge, one of my first times hanging out with you, even though I knew you from your job, because you were a bartender at a bar that I regularly went to, it was, like, in my opinion, this is the first time that he and I are hanging out. And in your shoes, you were like, oh, this is this girl that I've seen multiple times that I find attractive and, like, whatever. But in no, my, that, point, that I, wasn't I, what no, it was yeah, in my head. At that point, I was just like, I find you very attractive, but, like, she obviously doesn't give a fuck about me, so that's fine. We can just be friends. Right. So it's so weird to think that, like, we don't see other people's perspectives and things. Yeah. And going back to the crush that I had that I was, like, briefly talking about. That we're about to pick up on right now. That we were briefly talking about, like, off recording. I have a crush. And we recently, me and my best friend and he were all on the same, at the same table at a bar. Yeah. And she was like, hey, he pulled up two chairs next to him. And instead of sitting next to him, you sat across from me. But he was clearly trying to get you to sit next to him. But I was like, I didn't see that at all. Like, I didn't even notice him being like, no, come sit next to me. I didn't notice the flirting. I just sat across from my friend. And my friend sat next to him. And I was just like, no, he's not interested in me, therefore I'm going to remove myself from the situation completely. And then when we, like, finally left, she's like, Nicole, he did this, he did that. He tried to get you to sit next to him. He was asking you about where he grew up. He was doing this. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, he's not interested in me at all. Like, yeah, I have this, like, big, mild crush on him, but he doesn't notice me. He was, like, asking me all these questions that I just didn't even you even came up in the conversation actually oh jeez yes I don't, I don't like coming up in conversation when I'm they not were around like, oh Mark R Mark and I was like uh R Mark but maybe like what yeah no uh, no I don't like that <laughs> I don't like that but no it's like I, I like or with, with you know our mutual friend all of our mutual friends like I had this conversation where we were like yeah like people were asking about you and people were talking about you like I don't like that or like oh yeah I told someone about you because like you're my really good friend I was like I don't like that because like I don't like meeting someone mm-hmm. and knowing that like their first ideal of me is what someone else says like I no, like, I don't like that either. I know exactly I like putting forth my own yeah. foot and being like all right cool this is who I am how do you feel about me rather than like oh someone says you're really great someone says you really suck I have this bias about you now I'm just like. Well, fuck. <laughs> yeah, and I feel that a lot of people's, like, preconceived, preconceived notions of me are not true at all. Yeah. Because I do present in a way that's very different than who I am. Like, I'm tattooed, I'm pierced, I have colorful hair. Got four tattoos, I'm okay. <laughs> I want more, but, yeah. But, like, I'm a pretty soft, chill, calm girl. But people are like, oh, yeah, you look like you'd be fun. Oh, you're down to party. And people think that I'm into, like, heavy drug use or that I'm into, like, super casual Everyone sex. thinks like, I'm so anyone. into cocaine because of, Yeah, like, yeah. Because of instance, because I feel like instance we had together, it's like, when we met, we were doing cocaine together. Everyone thinks I'm so into cocaine. I'm just like, I'm really not that into cocaine. But I personally have never tried cocaine even once in my we'll life. Do it together, so it's like, people just have, like, these preconceived notions of me where they're like, oh, yeah, she's like a little party girl. Like, she's wild. Like, she's into, like, these... There, you know, I have like some sexual fetishes that yeah. are like abnormal, so to say. They're like, oh, she's into these sexual fetishes. She has crazy hair. She's tattooed. She's this. She's that. So therefore, she must be. She's every suicide girl like, I've ever wanted. Every suicide girl I've ever wanted. Yes, and again, me being comfortable with nudity. 
So it's like, but no, that doesn't mean I'm okay with just fucking anyone. That doesn't mean that I'm okay with... No, and that's the thing that a lot of people are saying. Just because I'm comfortable in my sexuality and comfortable in my body doesn't mean I want to fuck everybody. Exactly. As a matter of fact, it makes me more comfortable to say no than what an average person would be. And I will tell you no all day long if I need to. Like, It's actually... So I'm curious. So, like... You and this dude that you crushed on, he likes you too. Where's that? No, from? I don't think he does. I don't think You don't he does. think so? No. Are you kidding me? I don't think he notices me. I was going to say, we just talked about this. Like, the guy pulled up into the chair, like... No, I, mean, I don't... I, I was didn't gonna say, like, 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 I was, Okay, my friend noticed it. I didn't Okay, also, like, for the, for the people listening <laughs> in right now who are just, like, you've been talking shit about yourself and you've been doing all this stuff, it's like, we all want you to be so happy right now, so let me get a little so deeper happening? for a second, so... Yeah. For we, me... We got, we got another three minutes before we hop into, like, last thoughts, so what's going on? I've dated guys in the past that were... So I dated a guy that was from another country and another cultural background, and he didn't want his mom to... He did not want his mom to know that it existed because of that. I dated guys who's... I dated a guy whose father was a preacher, so he didn't want his parents to know about me because his parents were strict on the Baptist religion, and I was like, again, tattooed, colorful hair... I will not be... Atheist, like whatever... So, for You're me, okay. I mean, I'd say agnostic more than anything. I just don't I'm care enough to learn about anything. Okay. But uh, I feel like family is very, very important to me. Like, when I totally. date a person, and I've talked to you about this before, where I was like, when I date a, a guy or a girl, I want I want to call their mom, mom. I want to be part of their family. I want them to be a part of my family. And my mom and dad have always been very accepting right away. Like, I also tell my mom when I have a fuck buddy. I'll tell my mom when I match with someone on Tinder that I'm interested in. Like, oh, my I mom am, will straight up be like, oh, your skin's looking really clear. You've been fucking hot. Right? I was like, I don't get what fucking has to do with me having clear skin, <laughs> but, but that's okay. I'm so open right away. So I met his dad before I really was close with him. Yeah. I was friends with his dad on Facebook for months before I knew him. So I think that's what... She was clearly trying to fuck the dad, but that's No, no. I think that's what started my attraction, though, that I was like, I fucking love his dad, and I could see his dad as being my father-in-law. I could see being part of his family. And then once I started to, like, see him more and get to know him more, I started to develop a crush. Now, this isn't, like, a real liking or a loving. It's just, like, a crush. You know, it's no more than a crush than, like, my childhood crush on Mr. Clean. Which we can get into deeper later, but it's just that, that like, will definitely be like a side episode that we'll do at some point. Like you, <laughs> you, you already was, said you want to come back. But again, it's just like a thing where I was like, "Hey, I'm reading into this more than it is. I'm making this more than it is. I don't even know him. I know his name. Yeah, I know who his father is and his father's name. But that's like the end of it. But like we actually like sat down and talked to each other during the last exchange, and I was just like. Again, my friend was like, oh, he was flirting with you, too. And I was like, fuck bullshit. That's not true. And what are you talking about? He didn't know. But it's like dating in this time. If it's not someone you already know and already have a connection with, then what is it? Because you can't really meet up with strangers during quarantine. You can't. You can't. You really can't. No. You can't just, like, go to a bar and meet a stranger. You can't meet someone online as a stranger. Like... It's such a weird time when it comes to meeting new people. It's like, oh, who are the six people that I know that are single? And do I want any of them? And what is dating during COVID? Actually, uh, so we're at the last, like, 15 minutes of the episode. Um, I feel really, really rude cutting you off right now. But are you cool with going to the final thoughts of what's going on? Oh, yes. Final thoughts. Okay, sorry. Um, start that shit, though. <laughs> so, uh, for anyone... I go through this every time. For anyone listening to the episode, they already know what this is about. Um, 
I'll filter through kind of some of the conversation we had earlier and pick the point that really stands out to me. We'll just kind of talk more about that. But mm -hmm. um, one thing that we talked about for a little bit was uh, this relationship you had where, you know, you guys definitely, like, you established that you loved each other, but then right. you guys were making out one time and he kind of looked in and said that he loved you. Right. And the way that things kind of ended. Um, is there, like, kind of looking back in, is there anything you would have done to... We didn't really elaborate. Oh, there's a lot so much I would do that. differently. I think. So like, okay, yeah. So this he is texted me recently after a year of not talking. Texted me recently, yeah. and I told him I was so sorry. I treated him like shit, and I honestly wish that he and I would have tried to go out on a date. That we would have tried to be beyond. Because like, it wasn't that he was the problem. It's that the timing was the problem. Yeah. That I had just gotten out of a relationship and I wasn't ready to date. But everything else about him. I was attracted to him physically. I was attracted to him emotionally. We vibed off each other well, but I refused to let myself date him because the timing wasn't right. I mean, that's fair, though. And I pushed him away so hard, and it's like, maybe I should have given it a chance. And mm -hmm. I, I didn't want to say that because, like, I'm sure he's he's in a relationship. He actually is in a relationship now that's been, like, a year ongoing. So I guess, like, but I guess then, like, would you look back and would you have taken that chance? Yeah, I think I would have. And it's like, if it would have ended up being shit and whatever sometimes relationships end up being shit sometimes they don't work out and that's a chance you should be willing yeah, that's, to take that's true and a lot of that also has to do with just like your dynamic of like you know your friendship before the relationship actually is established but it's like you know mm -hmm. were you guys really good friends before that it's like I've had people that we're friends with we started dating didn't work out and we stayed friends past that point, yeah and I think we, just like, we you could know, have stayed friends after yeah and it's like you know there are points where it's like you date someone and it's like the friendship was a lot stronger and it's like oh this was the friend that I really wanted to have sex with I had sex and I realized but see I that, say like, that but I'm not friends with any of my exes even though I've tried so hard to be I'm friends with most of them I think I'm I've only not friends with being, three of my exes I'm only well, three at this point I've only been comfortable being I've always been comfortable with being friends with my exes I don't have that many exes I probably only have four total Mm -hmm. But with all of them, I'm like, yeah, so we can stay friends, we can talk, we can... Well, all of my relationships have lasted, like, a year or longer. Okay. So, with every one of them, when we broke up, I thought it was just a mutual understanding. I thought that we could stay friends after. But all of them have, like, when I reach out to them, they're not okay. They'll reach out to me, and I'm okay, but when I reach out to them, they're Are not okay. Are they not okay because of you, do you feel like, or they're not okay yeah. Damn, look at you fucking and I'm heartbreaker like, and over I'm like, here. Am I just a bitch and I'm missing out on it? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am. But, you know, regardless, I again, I think I'm honest from the beginning with my feelings and my wants and my needs. And I don't know what's changed. But, hey, to the next... So the next however many months of Cheers. this shit, Cheers like, to what's going on. Cheers to Tinder dates. Do you, do you still to, have anything left in your... Oh, yeah. I have, like, half a can left oh, okay, of, this, cool. of this beautiful can I just wine. I just poured a little bit more whiskey, so it's fine. Cheers. Yeah. But, no, I, uh... I wish I was bolder enough to... Because I even talked to my friend afterwards after she was like, oh, no, he was flirting with you, too. I was like, well, should I message him? Because I don't have his phone number. Yeah. So like, should I message him on Facebook and be like, oh, yeah, I enjoyed hanging out with you. Should I say something? Like, should I reach out? Or should I just wait till we hang out again? Like, what what is okay and what is not okay? And I think I'm so that. scared of rejection, and I'm so scared of... A lot of people are, and that's totally fair. That's I feel like that's... 
at this point, that's just a part of what the human experience is. There's just, like, anxiety and depression is just kind of very written, and just especially, like, in the society we live in, it's just, But like, I used to not be afraid of rejections. It's just, like, a... Current. But a lot of it also has to do with the fact that, like, we didn't live in a social media age where everything wasn't so very present, right. and it's, like, you know, <laughs> everything is a lot more in your face now, and you're just right. like, oh, I'm not okay with this, 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 I'm not okay you know, it's just, like, fuck, there's so much information being thrown at me, I'm panicking about this, oh, great, you have anxiety, and it's like, oh, fantastic and and that's that's the fucking thing about it it's like you know a lot of people say that, like you know i'm schizophrenic a lot of people are like oh this wasn't a thing back then it's like no no one ever talked about it where it's like well, oh anxiety autism, anxiety yeah and it's and like you know ADHD all these all these issues weren't a thing before then because no one talked about it no one knew how to talk about it right but Even now in fact now we have a lot more communication going on or like yeah. a lot more things in the forefront it's like of course we get things now it's so it's like it's very new. easy to dismiss that and be like this didn't exist 10, 20, right. 30 we years don't, ago. It's not that we have new conditions now. It's that we just actually have labels for set conditions exactly. now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Baby. <laughs> hey. um, so we're at the last uh, 10 minutes. Is there anything else you want to say? Anything else you want to elaborate on I real feel quick? like I could talk to you for another hour, honestly. I like to think that I'm very easy to talk to whenever... Sure. But maybe it's just that I could talk to a rock and you're nothing special. But <laughs> I want to think about my, at least, like, I've got very big hair, so at least, like, I'm a rock with some moss on it or something, you Right. Know? You know, I honestly thought we would dip, like, a little deeper into uh, online dating and seeking. We've only got two hours, and like I said, if people want to email us over at a CD media podcast at gmail.com, yes. if anyone wants to email us and give a little feedback on the episode or things like that, we can definitely, like, dive into something a little more deeper. We can have her back on the show, but... Our struggle as two sexy-ass people... <laughs> But no, definitely like modern era. <laughs> definitely like Nicole is definitely someone I definitely want to have on again at some point. Like I very much enjoy our conversation. She's someone that yes, I've been attracted to for a while, but also someone I've definitely mm. I de- shut the fuck up. Definitely, <laughs> <laughs> definitely someone I've also wanted to get to know, and I feel like we've yeah. had a lot of things being thrown in front of us, or a lot of obstacles where we haven't really had a chance to talk to each other. And it's really nice to have this kind of one-on-one conversation where we can get to know each other. So I've definitely, for selfish reasons, I very much enjoyed this. That's just I me. enjoyed it too for selfish reasons of the food. That was really <laughs> good food. That's totally fair. That's totally fair. Um, <laughs> but you know, like hopefully you guys enjoy this and we can have on for another episode. But um, what's like another a- subject in place? Yes, I can um, talk about anything honestly. But is there anything else you want to say before we end this episode? Um. That I envy the good old times where you get meet your life partner in the grocery store over, like, bread or some shit. Or, like, my grandparents who got married at, like, 19. Just like, yeah, that would have been great. To, was that, was that like, first wave feminism before that? Was that, like, before the 1920s? So, my grandparents got married in, like, the early 60s. Like, probably, like, 1960s. So, we're talking about, like, second wave feminism. Yeah. Okay, that's totally fair. No. But my grandma's always. Well, feminism definitely Wait, well, let me does just come say, my grandma's like, I hate my husband. Don't get stuck with someone. Like I'm stuck with your grandfather. She's oh, like straight fuck. up like, he tricked me into marriage. He asked me if I wanted a ring, and I was like, yeah, fuck, I'll take a ring. And then before I knew it, we were married and stuck with him forever. So I don't want to be stuck in a relationship. But like also, I'm like looking at my grandmother who was 19 when she's married. I'm looking at my mom who's 25 when she's married, and then looking at myself who's like 27 and doesn't have a serious relationship anywhere in the near future. And I'm like, this is definitely not what I was expecting, and this is a lot right now. But that's fine. (laughs) That is. And on that ending note, (laughs) that's for another episode. Um, (laughs) Once again, this is Mark for CD Media, and 
we thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Goodbye. See you guys next time.